Hey, this is Monster, publisher of Triptych Press, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> He had to get one yeah, right? No, he, he had to get one little more. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like poking you in the ribs all night. Psychically. That's okay. I'll take it. Any kind of any kind of um interest that you're showing me is fine. Oh Dude, I'm like the I'm like the kid that's waving to you every time you walk by me in the hot hallway hoping somebody will acknowledge my existence. Well then how come on the slack when I I'll I'll directly you cannot, you wait, you're not about to pull the why don't you ever respond on Slack, are you? you don't. Because I actually tag you. I say, hey, at this. Yep. And you go, you know what drives me nuts? When you know I'll be working or doing something and you're on the Slack and you go, hi, Vince. And, and then he giggles after, like, he, he, he dick. Big dick. <laughs> so then it's going to make that crate crack up. Seriously, it'd be like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, hi, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At my expense. That's great. So goddamn funny. Love you. How we do it, right? Dude, less than a month. This time a month now, we will be hanging out in person, drinking cocktails in South in uh, North Kakalaka. <laughs> it's gonna be off the chain, yo. That chain, yo. Celebrating our fourth co-host who just bought in for 120 views. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sweet? Oh, so sweet. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know your views on it. I, <laughs> He's got you there. He does. <laughs> I wouldn't have what to are work. Your views on that one? Uh, that would be fine. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, Dad. I am, if for that kind of money, I am not as particular as others. Uh-huh. I yeah, don't care. Just, yeah. it's just every week we're cycling. As long as I get it all. Yeah. No, it would be, nah, a, it would, there would be trials initially. I understand that. And it would be, you know, probably a little rocky, but, uh, for 120 G's. But let, that convinced me though today, cause let your mind race about who some of the people might be that would ever consider that mm-hmm. and what it would we're imply. Not, Think about the mental over. state of someone that would be willing to spend that much money to be our fourth co-host. And then think about what, what we'd be dealing with. Uh huh. Without naming names, because we're recording, but just give a thought to some of the people in the periphery of our universe. I think it would be if they, fun. If they say one, the, it would be fun, and and it would be interesting for... It would be a train wreck. It would be, be an accident. Right. But because we'd have all that cage in our pockets, and I'd be buying Busema Avengers pages. But, <laughs> but then... Cage again. But then you'd be just distraught. Yeah. You'd be moving on to your third podcast. Yep. This is the end, my friends. If right. th- no, this one is. I'm riding this one out to the logical conclusion. I'm not nice. doing any more after this. You think we'll make it till uh, you're sixty and I'm fifty? Most definitely. I hope so. Why not? Don't be. It has gone in a blink of an eye, for the record. Yeah, don't be jinxing it's shit. It's been nine years. That's pretty crazy. I mean, me, Dap and I are very comfortable. It's you that's going to be the ones to get all well, up. I was thinking shit. about that. It's been nine years this month for us. And how long were y'all doing bullpen before that? I know there was like a six month hiatus between, but but how long did you do between it? episodes? Um, dick. Well, no, I mean, so when did you start? Big bullpen? swinging dick, you are. <laughs> September <laughs> September '06. Oh yeah. my god, really? Yep, yep. So you two have been chatting with each other on the podcast form for more than a decade. It's because I yep. love them. That's, That's true. Great. That's true. 
there is a bond. Yeah. There's love. It's like gorilla glue. Word is bond, boys. Yes. And our bond and thank, to you. Thanks to, oh, okay. No, Trump, Trump, Trump. What were you going to say? As I say, thanks to Bright Deemer. Dot. I don't want to say dot net. Was it dot net? No. I don't remember what it was, but yes. But it, yeah, the original right. CGS website was named after Brian himself. Yeah, Bright Deemer. It was it was a dot. It was his page, but then a slash for the um, for the form. Oh, is that right? Mm. Yep. I would love to have video back in the day when we were all first quote unquote getting to know each other on that forum and hear and see Dap's faces when he was reading some of my posts. Like this. <laughs> I was, I was looking up the back of my brain with my eyes rolling so much. <laughs> if, if you give me credit for nothing else, you got to give me props oh, for, sure. for Jason. But I would love to oh, go back God. to that moment where you yeah. say to him, we're going to have Wood doing the show and just have him saying, what the go to, getting out the bullet, pouring big glass, <laughs> talking to Renee. This fool wants to have this motherfucker on the show. It's going to last for two weeks. <laughs> You said we were going to make it for the first episode. I didn't make it for the first three, did I? No. I think the, I thought the third one is when you started. Was the third one? I knew I missed the first two or three. Yeah. And I listened to them, and Vince kept saying, we have another co-host. He's going to be here soon. We promise. He's awesome. Trust but me. But I remember a lot of pregnant pauses from Dap in that first year for me. <laughs> a lot of like, I'm not sure this guy likes me. i got to figure this out. You don't have to figure anything out because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, specifically episode 473, and I'm Vince B. I'm rapping this week. Yeah? Street. Oh, Vince B. on the street. <laughs> Cleaning up. <laughs> Do patrol. I am David A. Price. I'm on Danny. Indeed you are. And I am Gavidra7. No, you're not. You know who Gavitra 7 is. Yo, yeah. Oh. All, all day. I don't know who you're talking about. Gavitra 7 are is you... the given name of Shatterstar. Oh, okay. I knew it was something I didn't pay attention to back in the day. No, you're not Shatterstar, real name or otherwise. You are Jason Wood, everybody. What is the good, people? And you're you're using that. Shatterstar, probably to foreshadow something you're going to talk about this week. Oh, all day, every day. All right, that's that's a good that's a good lead. I like that. I, I figured it. it's something that you guys weren't going to be in a rush to read. So, nah, son. I hate it when is Cable in it. Well, I'll let you know in a few minutes. Oh, we'll see. Now I'm all perked up. Mm-hmm. But I I dislike when people bury the lead, like when they have real big news and they they put that last in the yeah, list. Kind of- of- Kind of like what you did earlier this week. <laughs> exactly what I did this week. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait to speak from experience. And I'm not going to bury the lead because there is absolutely only one place to go if you want discounted comics. I'm not talking like 10%, 20%. If you want massively discounted comics, you need to go to only one place, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com, because they have everything you want at the price you absolutely want to pay. It's low prices from Boom. It's the Clive Barker Hellraiser Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1. That's a mouthful. And your pain will be legendary. It is published by Boom, like I said, writers Clive Barker and various 
artist is uh, R. Stephen Thompson and Various. It's a massive tome, 500 pages plus. You get Hellraiser 1 to 20 and the Hellraiser Annual. Cover price is thirty nine ninety nine, but what are you going to pay? $19.99. Exactly. 50% off. From Image, Low, Deluxe Hardcover, Volume 1, Remender and Tocini and Dave McCaig on this beast. Collects Low, 1 to 15. Cover price is $50. What are you going to pay? Jason? I would say you're going to pay twenty four ninety nine, and he would be absolutely yes. correct twenty four ninety nine. He's going not going to get this one. Uh, okay. And uh, last, Mandrake the Magician. It's the Fred Fred. Come on, son. Fred mm-hmm. Frederick's Dailies hardcover volume one from Titan Comics, written by Lee Falk, art by Phil Davis, and uh, Fred Fredericks. Um, cover price is forty nine ninety nine. I'm going to say you're going to pay $29.99. No, you're wrong. You're going to pay $27.49. It's a 45% discount. That's tricky because DCBS often does the 40%, but yes. rarely does 45 Right. Damn it. I know. It's okay. Damn you, Merklers. Uh, DCBService.com are not going to mind late orders. They're not going to mind if you have order additions because they are the best. Very often, I find something that... Uh, I overlooked after the fact, after the orders closed, and you just send them a little email, boop, 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 boop. That's me sending an email. And they, you say, hey, yo, I need this added to my order. Can you, can you hook me up? And they say, well, yes, we can. Bang, and it's on your order. It's that easy. DCBService.com. You heard. That's up. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. They're they, the best. They're awesome. They be the best. I'm wondering about how they're going to handle this uh, this Valiant promotion they got going on. And, um, I read uh, for this week, Exo Manowar number two. In the back of the book, Valiant's having a special promotion. You can pre-order Exo Manowar issues four to nine in a in a bun- right. in a bundle. Mm-hmm. And I guess they have their extra sized issues. With uh, you know deleted scenes, DVD style extras in there, and you can't get them anywhere else. So uh, there's a, actually an imprint on the cover that says pre-order edition. So I'm guessing, and rightly so, that the, this cover is going to be different than the ones that just flow directly to the stores. I want those, so I'm going to Re- reach out to the Cameron and Christina. Listen to the show. They do. Cameron and thought- Christina. Let let Vince know what. Uh, oh, they don't have. They, they don't have to let me know. When the time comes, I'll send them an email and say, "Yo, okay, because because I uh, this is something I want. I, I'll order all the issues. I'll pre-order the whole damn series if I get extra stuff." Mm-hmm. There cool. You go. Right. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? I'll go first because I'm just going to be the big lead balloon. Uh, I'm drinking diet soda. What type of diet soda? Diet right. Diet wrong. So I'm dr- I'm drinking the ripple of diet sodas. Yeah, so, so wrong. They had a, they had a sale in the seventy store. It's not in a box. So that's one. Well, box. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What are you drinking, Bo? Mm. Well, I'm picking this up tonight. Oh. 
thanks to our awesome president of the United States, the market yeah. the market fell one point eight percent today, which oh, Jesus Christ. equates to let's say somewhere between nine and ten million dollars of losses for my business. So it was a it was a have some cocktails day. And I'm having some Malbec from Argentina from the Catina Vineyard. C-A-T-E-N-A. I believe that would be Catania. There's no... There's no tilde, tilde on no the top tilde. of that end? No well, maybe it's no invisible. Squiggle. It's a Sioux Squiggle, squiggle, squiggle. <laughs> oh, man. I am... Uh, from Australia. Wow. Yeah, all the way from there. It is the Jacobs Creek Double Barrel Cabernet Sauvignon mm, because it is finished in aged whiskey oak barrels. You I must. swear you must put part of a website now that says <laughs> wines that are actually treated like bourbons <laughs> because that's all you ever drink anymore. It is, it is, I almost picked up the... Um, I grabbed another bottle, but I bought this the other day, uh, and I didn't open it till the show. So I'm like, right. let, me, let me give this a shot. And and it's it's third vintage. It's got a nice um, nice little Mouth burn feel. to it. It, it uh, no, it's not not too. It doesn't it doesn't linger. It's not sweet. It doesn't go down smooth. But mm-hmm. uh, it is a um, it is rather tasty. I think I like it more than the one that I had last week, which I think I think was a blend. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was tasty. I liked it a lot. And this is really, really good as well. Good for you. I think that's a really cool idea that so late in uh, you know humanity's development, they just decided to put the wine in something else. Let's just put it in something else. Right. You know, and it's a, it's a new thing. Or is it? Is it a new thing? Like is is this a current trend or have they been doing this for like decades and I just didn't know about it? I don't know if it's been decades. It's because when um, when we were – Going touring on the, uh, uh, visiting all the different distilleries in our area last summer. Uh, some of the, some of the tour guides were explaining that, uh, either what, well, whether we were visiting a vineyard or a distillery, um, the distiller would tell us that, uh, they do sell the, uh, they do sell the barrels to the vineyards so they can get a little bit more life out of them because you can't the the barrels don't last forever and and when they're not I guess good enough to still use to um to make whiskey uh they could still be used for wine and and the vineyards would say that you know they they're helping out um the local businesses and uh, and and fellow um spirit makers by by buying the barrels from uh, local distilleries, and and so it's all everybody's all all helping, and especially in New York, I think if it's um, you could pretty much say it's the the whiskey or the applejack or whatever you're you're, you're buying um, is pretty much you can get away with saying it's it's as long as I think like seventy five percent of the of the materials of the ingredients are uh, locally. Grown uh, and obtained, whether it's the the, the barley or the, or the malt, or um, or yeah, or just and anything you can get from from the other places. So uh, I don't know if I, I don't know how long this has been going on. I'm sure some 
smaller places were, were doing it for a while just because it's cheaper to buy a used barrel than to get a new one. So maybe they were doing it and it just has blown up, as the kids say. Boom. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Do you, Who has thank yous? Anyone? I do. What? What? Oh, go ahead. I think mine is different. It should be. Because it's a little dated. Oh. Okay. Our man, Ray Ortega, a.k.a. Onomar. Nice. Was kind enough, and I did shout him out when he gave this to me, but he was kind enough to give me a big care package around the holidays, including some dope hip-hop and a bunch of documentaries related to hip-hop and graffiti culture and, and that sort of thing. And I had stuck them all in my closet, which, as you guys know from my lamentations, my closet had been overrun with, with comics and collected editions. And I finally got around to organizing my closet, and that stack of awesomeness was sitting there. And I thought, oh, snap, i got to get up on this. So the... First thing I did was put on the documentary that um, he gave me. Uh, the, the documentary is called Stretch and Bobito, Radio That Changed Lives. It's from 2015. And for those that aren't East Coast hip-hop fans, Stretch and Bobito were two buddies, if you will. Uh, Stretch was the DJ, Bobito uh, more of a... Of a, of a a talker, if you will, but they hosted an awesome uh, radio show for years that was really the first place that hip-hop got exposed in New York in a meaningful way. And the cool thing is that these guys had the forethought to... They were always filming. They were filming themselves doing shenanigans, talking to family when they had guests on. So long before the internet was a thing, they were just doing traditional document documenting of their own stuff. And Bobito himself, Bobito Garcia, he he put he wrote and put together the documentary. Uh, and it's just phenomenal. If you're a fan of 90s hip-hop, uh, it, it's it's just incredible to see that. I was in I was in college when they blew up in the early 90s. And so I was aware of them, but I, I didn't hear them because, again, this was pre-internet or at least early stages of internet, so you couldn't just stream stuff. And then I remember coming back, I was doing an internship my junior year in college. Uh, I was doing an internship in Trenton um, for, actually, it was actually for division of the government, but it was in the finance department. And one of the dudes that worked there that was kind of in charge of the interns, he was a massive, not only hip-hop fan, but he was a massive fan of mixtapes. And so Stretch and Bobito used to do these long mixtape-like runs where Stretch would play all this crazy music and he would get all of these awesome remixes and things that just ha didn't break the airwaves otherwise. And so he brought in cassette tapes. He would he would make cassette tapes of the show and he gave some to me and other people that were interested. And that's when I first got aware of these dudes. And uh, they're just hip-hop legends and it was amazing to This documentary is well-paced. It's just chock full of amazing performances and fun stories. Uh, and uh, it's inspiring too, because stretch is a white dude and he, grew, he was a rich white kid that grew up right on the edge, literally the block where it went from upper West side, rich white people to essentially, um, you know, uh, like a, 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 you know, minority sort of laden, um, uh, impoverished area. And he went to, his parents were, were pretty liberal. So he went to the public school there 
So he, he grew up falling in love with hip hop and just having friends from all different cultures and walks of life. And he went on to be arguably one of the, the most beloved New York based DJs of all time. And now these guys are, I, I don't even know how old they are, but I'd say they're probably in their late forties, early fifties now. Uh, but it's super, super awesome. And the cool thing is, um, I watched, I, Ono sent me the, the, the DVD, but the, I checked the documentary is available on Netflix as of December of last year. So for those that are hearing this and needless to say don't have the DVD, just throw it on Netflix. It's there and it's definitely worth your time. It's awesome. So much love to him. I think I'm going to watch that. It's great. It's, it, it's a blast. Absolutely. Awesome. Odd that you should bring up hip hop because we have, um, a hip hop song going out this week. Oh, nice. Just for you. Nice. Love to love you, player. I know. He's making up for the lack of slack. I think that's right. Uh, I want to big thanks to uh, our friend who has been generous to all of us over the years, uh, DVG, Mr. Uh, Drew Van Generin. He, uh, he sent me a message early Saturday saying that he was heading out to some comic shops and if uh if there was anything I uh had my eye on as far as free comic book day offerings go, um let him know and he'd see what he could snag for me. And he snagged me quite a few things. Um because as DCBS customers you you get a um I know some years it's it's been based on your percentage of what what you purchased, you know, the year prior, or how many what what you're spending in a certain month will determine how many books you get. So there's you can't go buck wild, which is absolutely. I think fun. that's how they did it this year, if I'm not mistaken. Tiering is based th- on how much you spent over the past year. I think you're right because I I think I I asked for maybe two or three because it's and and I'll. Ask some questions regarding Free Comic Book Day later on in the show. But uh, my man, he – one thing I was not going to – I'm not going to say waste my um, my pick on from DCBS was the Secret Empire, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man flip book. Um, so I asked for that because I figured I'll give it a shot. Uh, and there were a couple other things like that. So um, – I'll uh, talk about a couple of them later on, but I just wanted to make sure that uh, I said thank you to Drew for uh, really hooking a brother up. I, I Mighty did. nice of them. Yes. Mighty nice of them. Yeah. I just checked. I, I did. I got 11 books, so I don't know if that's... <laughs> well, that's not... I, I, that's, that's probably... Prize. That's right. all you got. You must have... That's the rain that I do not know where that would put me in the ranking, so to speak, but I was, needless to say, pleased. That puts you in the crazy category, I think. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm, and I'm assuming he's going to hear this. I'm not. This is not Bob Retall level. Is he still? Is he not? I don't. I, I thought because I, I. Well, I know he cut back on the big two, so he's still okay. Out. Image and Dark Horse, but I don't know if he's spending as much as he used to. Gotcha. Well, let's just. My say, orders the last few months have been pretty low. I, I my two months ago, my order was less than two hundred bucks, which was there, wow the lowest it's been. For, I, seriously, the lowest it's been in at least five years. Well, mine are going up, up, up. No, well, that's because you're working out play. Mine, I mean, there have been <laughs> some months where I don't even, I, I, I don't even hit twenty five bucks, and most months I barely make it past 
35. There's got to be like you a... work to do it then? Yes. For oh, me, yeah. Get the ship hook up, right? Right. So I, I, you know, so, so it's absolutely fine. And, and a few things, it's not like, and it's not even, um, the, the paper band because it, the, I, I hate Fairyland and, uh, or I'm sorry, I get, I get cover B. So fuck Fairyland and, um, and the Flintstones are for Renee and, um, the Scooby Apocalypse are for, for our friend Karen. So there are a couple of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a few things obviously, but it really, it, it is more worthwhile when, uh, when I notice something that I want that I wouldn't normally be able mm-hmm. to get, like, um, the Too Much Coffee Man collection or, uh, the fourth Bean World book, you know, things like that, that I, I would normally just not even it's, buy. So it's late, by the way. It is, cause yeah. Although you usually get your before mine, so, uh, before I get them. But yeah, so no, it, it is, in that regard, and plus, I need to get the uh, I need to get the previews so this way we know what we can kind of talk about, and um, right, and I, I get the previews because it means I end up getting a box, and my mail carrier doesn't try to cram shit into my mailbox. Mm-hmm. Cram, love that word. So let's talk about Free Comic Book Day. I thought we were going to talk about Deadpool. I thought we were going to hear about that. He said eventually. He said eventually. I just, in aggregate, this free, free comic <laughs> like book. That's <laughs> why I said it. <laughs> this, oh, look at you. You're, trying to, you're, you're pulling out all the stops tonight. I'm just going to dip. You're feeling guilty. I'm going like to dip that, you soon. You're like the hubby who shows home with the box of chocolates and the flowers. It's true. And I look at you and say, what the fuck did you do last night? But, mm-hmm. by and large, this free comic book day will go down, at least on my little personal home records, as one of the absolute worst. Whoa. The, uh. I say the worst of all time? Yeah. There were some gems, like Scotty's I Hate Image. Yeah. And I thought. I would, I would say there was one gem, at least of the things I've read so far. I would go as far as to say there were two gems. Scotty's, Scotty's being the, you didn't read the second one. Scotty's being the first. And the SpongeBob Free Comic Book Day was amazing. Oh no, I didn't read that. I, I did not, read the Bongo Simpsons one, but yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't read that yet. But um, Dap reached out to me on the Slack. I don't know where Jason was. Probably where he always <laughs> is, like not there. Right. Uh, Working I, on our Patreon. Site? Yeah, and he said, "Hey, bro. <laughs> and he said, "Hey, brother, do me a, do me a solid and read the uh, free comic book day offering from Marvel, The Secret Empire. Don't touch the front. It, we're not going to talk about that. I want you to read the Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man preview, which was called Time Flies, written by Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Paolo Siquiera. Uh, and here's where I could feel my man Dapp's eyes rolling back uh-huh. into his head. Inks by Walden Wong, Cam Smith, Jay Leaston, and oh Paolo Siquiera. Beautiful color. Shout out to Jay Leaston, though. He listens to the show. No, he's great. I'm just saying. But is this great. there was the crusty bunkers on this. And um, the color art was provided by the great Frank Darmada. I want to who, hear... Who has... I'm sorry. Um, remember when Brubaker's Cap was coming out and that book looked really really dark um i used to not be such a fan of uh Yermanda's coloring choices his palette but uh he has it, it it has 
for me anyway, has, I'm not gonna say it's gotten better because it, it's, it's always been good. Um, but I really, I liked the colors in this story. Yes, they weren't. They're, uh, the blue in Spider-Man's costume is a little on the dark side for me. But otherwise, yeah, I think the colors are very nice. That said, I want to hear what you thought about this issue because I have a lot of opinions. Uh, yeah, I do too. Um, first of all, I I still... Uh, we've talked about it amongst ourselves and and it's probably been mentioned um missed our circle but um i don't get the zadarsky love i i'm just i don't it, there's i he's got his fans and that's great and people love his work i i tried and it's still more miss than hit for me that said and this is where I believe I'm feeling that Dan Slott has been on Spider-Man a little too long. There were quips and witticisms in this story that I found amusing. And most notably the hyphen incident. That was great because I yeah. posted that on the, uh, but even the, um, but even when Spider-Man was going up against the Vulture. Um, but yes, even through that, I mean, cause even on the next page where, you know, he's talking about where, where he, she comments that, you know, shouldn't your spider sense have warned you about that? He goes, well, it, it doesn't warn me about everything, you know, cause I did date you for a while. And, and there, see, there, that pissed me some- off. That's the one thing that really pissed me off about this. Can, can I? Because, oh, yeah. Now, I have to ask, is this part of the Marvel line wide reboot? I'm guessing no, because Tony Stark in relation to Mary Jane is mentioned. So right, I'm guessing that happened. This so is running concurrently with the oh, slot Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So Peter says he gets spaghetti sauce on his collar and he goes, yep. oh, man. And so Mary Jane says, shouldn't your spider sense warn you about stuff like that? And Peter says, it's more of an immediate physical danger thing. I mean, it didn't warn me not to date you. Date? Dude. Yes. You were married? You no. Had a... No. Oh, no. the one more no, day. No, one thing. more day. Oh, they, they, they were, they were, they. I forgot all about Hold that. on to one more day. How could, I could never forget that. No, it's, no. So yes, he, it was, so in that regard, oh, it was. so, uh, oh, stop. But then as you get further into it, uh, this, the, the new trapster. It's, and now everybody's just talking cute. Now everybody's trying to be funny. And, and now I'm like, okay, this is where it, it was, it was tolerable in the beginning because it was, you know, just the conversation between the two of them. And they know they, they've known each other for so many years that it is, mm-hmm. it's cute to see them go back and forth because they, they could take it. They, they have that relationship. They, they have the history. So that's fine. But then when you have other people coming in where there's absolutely nothing, there's, there's nothing that, there's nothing serious about it. There's nothing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, that's, that's okay. But there was also the cute younger Peter in the Spidey book. So you can get some lighthearted stuff there. Uh, I just, I don't, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold. I'm not, it's still not going, it's not on my pull list. I'm not going to, no. I'm not, not getting the series. Um, but I did appreciate someone else 
having their words come out of Peter's mouth. It may, it, it was on, it, it did get into too cutesy by the end of the story, but at least in the beginning, I was, I was amused. I didn't like it at all. I'm just going to chime in before you go. Same here. Yeah, I, I, I thought there were, there were many things I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like the fact that the villain is the vulture. Wow. That, you know, it's a big reach. What, what was the well, movie coming out? Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, it's expected. I didn't like the fact right. that the vulture was a villain. I didn't like the banter between MJ and Peter. One more day, you know, faux pas on my part, notwithstanding. I forgot, completely forgot about that. Um, the trapster, when, when the majority of your readership are aging white men and you dangle the big hairy dick in the, in the face that the characters that they love are old. Ergo, they are old. It just bothered me that, that, mm-hmm. that you had this young, who, this young character who doesn't wear a costume, but she has a, she got a jet pack and a pair of souped up gloves, but she still wears, you know, uh, yoga pants and a scut. Like, it's, it's, it's too, a little too trendy for me. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't like being reminded that, I'm aging with these characters as well. So you just, you know, you can't put off the majority of your readership like that. Like many people probably didn't pay a never mind to that, but I did. Yes, Spider-Man's an old character and so am I. And I would like Spider-Man, Peter Parker to stay young. That's the escapist part of the, 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 the superhero genre, right? I don't want him to age. Right. And I, and I, villains do. Yeah, and I thought the the humor was just plain forced. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't funny. It wasn't. It, it's just the the obligatory Spider Man quips, one after the other after the other. It's like the all but the all the ingredients were the, were there. The correct ingredients were there, but the recipe was still off. That's a, I just it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. It's fine if Spider Man is doing the quipping. But when you have everybody doing it, then it's not special. Then there's nothing. It's, it's, I don't expect every, because now, not now every character's funny. Every character's got the same voice and that's not, there's nothing unique there. So, so if you were just to, if, if I just read the word balloons, you wouldn't know who they were coming from. And, and, and that's that, that, that there's no uniqueness to that. I'm, if, I, I wasn't, and, and the last page is nothing that it, it's not. It, it's not a mystery I need to be solved. I mean, aside from the fact that I guess Shield just gave up on physical requirements, there's there's just True. nothing about whatever the hell these two were talking about while they're watching the vulture go down. I I just I, no there, there's so this is not even going to get me in the door. No, it's no, not happening. No. I mean, I I I I I thought it looked really really good. I you know. Everybody and their mother inking aside, I, I, I thought the line work was solid on the story. Yeah. Um, I don't like the but, chest emblem. Oh, no, I still don't. No, it's still – so, again, there's still – there were way too many misses for me to, 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 to spend money on this other Spider-Man book. If I'm not writing amazing, I'm not going to you know, spend money on a Zdarsky book. Uh, there's – the the other thing is with Free Comic Book Day, I, I know that everybody looks forward to that first Saturday in May. Um, 
whether or not retailers do, I, I, I can't say, but you know, it, it, it's, you know, for comic book day is coming because the night before there is the first, usually the first past couple of years, it hasn't been, but that's usually when the, 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 the comic book movie season begins and the, it, it's, it's usually a, a, a fun weekend, but I don't, uh, the few free comic book day offerings I read this year so far, um, I'm not sure if there's no cookie cutter theory, but it's, I don't, it, it's meant to get people into the store, but is it, are you, it may not be fair to ask you to this because I think I know where the answer is going to be, but do you look at free comic book day to try new things or to go for something that you're already familiar with? Um, that, okay. Like for, not for secret empire, you already know what's coming out. You know what's going on. Do you get the secret empire free comic book day issue? Or because you're just, you're familiar with everything or do you go for something else that, that you're never heard of before or it's, it's just, it's something new and, and you don't know if you're going to end up liking that to, to support the series mm. that is probably going to come from. Because there's, there, the, the Doctor Who was, it was fine if you're familiar with the character and the concept. But as far as getting you to buy any of the Titan Doctor Who books, I don't know if it succeeded in that. It, it was a story that um, started off with the current Doctor Capaldi and and uh, and Bill, his current companion. But he he tells flashback stories of um, Doctors uh, nine, ten, and eleven. But not with the companions we've ever seen them with on TV. So I'm, I'm assuming that the Titan comics, because the characters have been around for so damn long, that they've had other companions that were either in, in other novels or stories or, or comics that, that we never saw on TV, which is absolutely fine. But as far as, you know, wanting to read more about the, the Doctor Who stories, I can't say that the Titan book did anything. But then you have things like the Exo Man of War. Or the, the Valiant book in general, which is basically just a few pages of, of teasers of, of things to come, which is, I think, I don't know if, if I, I don't know if there is just, there obviously isn't one thing you can do with your free comic book day comic. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the reprints. I really don't know what the hell DC was doing this year, but I don't. I don't know if I want a complete story like I hate image, which was a great one shot. Just, you know, listen, done in one. I thought it was a, a complete fan service. I, I loved it to hell, but, and, and the same thing with the tick that, that was a typical tip tick type. There, there were two stories. Um, but then I just, I'm confused when it comes to the other Marvel book, because I don't know if that's the movie universe or if this is the actual, Marvel Universe and the comics that that we're reading because the Defender story felt an awful lot like the Netflix show. I think because it's one day a year, the publishers should approach it as a very, very special event. 
Mm-hmm. So you had the absolute best way to do it from one company and the absolute worst from another. I think Image really personified what Free Comic Book Day is this year by giving something for free that isn't available anywhere else from a, a top creator. It was a very special event. Yes. Like, I agree. And as, as David alluded, pure fan service in the best way. Right. right? And it, it was a beautiful, well-crafted, funny, engaging, free book that's not available anywhere else. Here you go. We're Image Comics. Thank you very much for checking us out. This is some of the this is the kind of work you can expect from us. Class all the way. And then you get right. DC who scoops up a bunch of pages from Wonder Woman, shits them in a book, and just gives shits. it out. No, really. <laughs> shits them in a book and, and, and expect, you know, just because we have a Wonder Woman movie coming up, here's a Wonder Woman comic. And it's like no big deal. It, it, it doesn't even warrant a second glance. Yeah, the work is great, but we've already seen it. And I know... By and large, we're not the people that should be, who really should be partaking in comic, free comic book day. It should be for the people who don't normally buy these things. Get them in the door, get them hooked, and then, you know, like drugs. But I, I, I think it should be an event. And even, right. the, even the Marvel book, yes, half of it was new, right? Is the Secret Empire stuff taken from another book? Or is that just a standalone thing? I think it's a standalone thing. I don't know. See, for sure. okay. I believe it's standalone. Right. I so read pl- it big, big props to Marvel because that's class. Mm-hmm. But then you know they you have to lapse into merchandising mode and throw a couple pages of Spider Man in to show people what they're gonna see. And right. Get in. Right. I, I just think Image just knocked it right out of the park with Scotty's book. I agree. In answer to David's question, my free comic book day experience has varied widely over the years. For a long time, it meant nothing to me. I didn't participate. I just had no interest. Uh, Then, frankly, once the kids got old enough to be into comics, it became fun. So I'd say for the last four years, maybe, we have gone to local stores, three or four of them, and participated. And the kids have really enjoyed getting not only free books, but as you guys know, most of the stores these days, because it is an event have sales and and artists and other things going on. So they'll generally come home from free comic day with just a bunch of stuff, um, which is always fun for me because nothing makes me happier than seeing them get into comics. This year, we unfortunately had um, a family engagement, so we we couldn't do free comic day, which is a bummer. So my only experience this year was reading the books that we were presented for the show. I will say – while it was neat to receive, for full disclosure to our listeners, we got all of the free comic book day. We received all of the free comic book day books from every publisher digitally for free from Diamond, which I presume many, many people that have press relationships did as well. And I understand why a lot of publishers prevent, provide us with digital or PDF copies of their books because they want press and they want reviews and PR and exposure. That makes sense to me. I sh- And I'm not complaining because we benefited from being provided these books to read, but I am confused as to what the purpose of that is in the sense that these books vary from, as you said, Vince, reprints to more original content, but in essence, the whole point of Free Comic Book Day comics 
as I've always understood it, has been a way to promote and get people into local stores. And so I don't know what having digital versions provided to press does for the intent of Free Comic Book Day. So I, I'm confused by that. I don't quite know what purpose that serves. So... Well, I think that it's more of uh, it's more along the lines of what we normally get, like review copies. If something of mm-hmm. of monumental import happened in a free comic book day book, as it has in the past with like DC, mm-hmm. there were there were mm-hmm. big doings in the past with the DC oh, free comics night, right? Uh, they you know word of mouth would be like, hey, get yourself to the because they gave it to us well in advance of free comic book day. I think it was like more than a week, right before the event. It was about a week, yeah. Right. So we could have jumped on and say, hey, get your butts to the to the comic book store because DC has an awesome offering. You're not going to want to miss this. It's going to lead into other things. I think that's why they do it, just for word of mouth. I agree. Um, but you but don't you don't have word of mouth when you're you're regurgitating pages from Wonder Woman. That's the thing. If because we did, at least I know when I when I grabbed the zip file, um, I skimmed through almost all of the PDFs and I've had, you know, I've had the tick and the I hate image on, on my Slack list for a while now because those were the first two that I read and the rest that I flipped through just really didn't it's they didn't I, I don't think they really warranted that much airtime because they, they just they, they weren't really anything that moved me. I wanted to, you know, I, I think most of the people who are going to get maybe the drawn and quarterly or, or, or the fan graphics ones that they're, they're going to get that regardless. So, so, um, the fan graphics one is a big deal because, is it? uh, Pepe the frog was, was put to rest in. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that going for big. some decent money. And on, I think the 2000 AD one also. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think that, but again, for those people that, you know, I, I'm a 2008 fan. Let me get my free comic book day from, from what they had. And it's, so I don't know if free comic book day is a real benefit to those fans. And, and again, you know, you could say that, oh, free comic book day is meant to get people into the shop. Well, I, I've gone to most movies that are on, that, that, that come out the, the Friday before free comic book day. I've yet to see an ad for a comic shop before. The movie letting you know tomorrow you can come to this comic shop. So again, you know, but you never would though. I know, but it's, but so, so is, is free comic book day for the fans or is it meant to get people interested in and, and come into the shop to see what comics are, are about? Well, I think it's, it's the origins of it have always been about getting people to come to comic book stores. That's been why it's, and that's why these books are provided super inexpensively to promote these stores. Uh, I just, I guess I'm not, I'm not following the movie example though. Why the, like the average, the economics of advertising for on a movie are massively expensive. It would make sense to do that for something as small as for comic book day. No, no, I don't mean in, I don't mean in the movie. And it, it, while you're waiting for the movie to start. Oh, you, know, you mean like the local, local ads? ads you'll see yes, something. yes, exactly. I got you. Okay, okay. Um, you know, so I, I don't, I, I don't know of any. I mean, not that I have I, locally within the nearest 
I don't really have a comic shop within 20, 25 miles of me anyway, so I, I don't know who would advertise around here. Well, I think it's more up to enterprising shop owners to, you know, take the bull by the horns and, I, and do it themselves. We know plenty of people. We, 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 we've, we, we know creators who, who are on Twitter, who are on Facebook. It's like, hey, I'll be signing at this store that day. For you even have some stores that you know may, may do it for the whole weekend. They'll they'll invite the creators back on Sunday, but uh, you know we know they have cosplayers and and people do try to make an event out of the day. Um, I just I, I I don't know if that's why we have the type of books that we're getting because they're just maybe some of the publishers are like you know we don't we're not we're not seeing much of a return after free comic book day no, nobody's coming back to order that comic that that we teased that day so yeah. i don't i'm guessing for a lot of the smaller publishers free comic book day is a self-inflicted obligatory nightmare at this point because if you don't have a whole lot of funds and you have to print i don't know x amount of books and give them away for free. I mean, yeah, it does cost a couple. What does it cost? A quarter per book for the for the shop owners. Like the shop owners actually have to pay for them. Yes, but it's right. it's, it's negligible, but not in bulk. Like if you ha- if you get a thousand Marvel free comic book day books, and they're costing you a quarter piece, you know now now add DC and add. Uh, Valiant and at Image, you know, so it, it does add up. And the smaller publishers, the ones that can really benefit from it, one, don't have the resources to get all those books printed. And the shop owners aren't going to divert funds to something that's a, an iffy prospect when they're going to need more Marvel and DC books. You know, so it's, it's, it's almost like a no-win situation for the small guys. I, I can't speak to you. I think you're making a good point. I can't. I can't begin to speak to how some of the smaller publishers view this. To your, I, I don't know if they hate it, love it, but I think your your underlying premise feels right, which is that uh, if, if what do you, you lurking amid amidst all the shit, there may be something actually, yeah, that yeah, we this, can this do. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying I have no idea what the small publishers actually feel like. We've never asked them, but I'm saying. But to your point about that, that it doesn't ultimately seem to have much of an impact on their sales. Right. I think that's for sure, right? Yeah. Action Lab or ATR Planet Lars or I can't imagine that Free Comic Book Day invites many people to suddenly add those things to their pull list. Right. right. But it's something that they have to do at this point. Do they though? You, That's you are a good right. question. It, it seems like they all feel they have to because it. There are what eighty or ninety, well, maybe not that many, but there are dozens, if not fifty plus, free comic book day books each year now. So you're right. It feels like every publisher that's in Diamond feels compelled to do something these days, right? right. And because it's, it's still, I mean, they're getting table space or wherever the the shop puts them on on display. I mean, it's still right. something that so someone may, and you never know, and it. it it could be like, you know, the last kid picked for the team. If somebody already took all the Spider-Man books or all the, the, the I Hate Image books, then, you know, okay, well, the, this is all that's left. All right, let me try this. You know, I mean, so they just don't want to leave with something. So mm. uh, maybe somebody will look. I, I really hope that 
And my hope is, listen, if, if you already, if, if you're familiar with, you know, Zdarsky's work and you like Spider-Man, you're probably going to get Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. So then I would suggest, I would hope that you would try something different. You already don't, why, it's not a waste of time, but why, why waste your, your pick on something that is probably a given? And, and you know the story is going to be reprinted anyway. So you don't need to get that particular story. So reach for something that you, you go out on a, just, I think that should be a, a stipulation for Free Comic Book Day. They should not reprint if, it. Yes, if Spider-Man is – well, okay, so you were going to say that. I was going to say, listen, for Free Comic Book Day, I would love a retailer to say, listen, Spider-Man's already on your pull list. Why don't you try this? It, would, that, you know, it would be really cool if Scotty's book never was reprinted again. It absolutely would. I'm I, sure I mean, it, it will be. Well, it doesn't, right. It doesn't make a whole lot of business sense because his name on a book is going to sell. But it would be really neat if if they said, "All right, here's something really special. Get your butts to the store because you're not going to get it ever again." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. But the thing is, when you mentioned you got eleven free comic book day books, mm-hmm. I would not even be able to fill half that amount. Like I was struggling to find things with. I think I got five. Well, but you actually got them all. Yes. Well, yes, I did, right, but right. I'm talking physical copies. I right, got, I right. got, I, if memory serves, I got the Fanographics, mm-hmm. the, um, geez, the Tick, because I, I, I enjoy I that book, tick. and I got it because I know Dap would want to talk about it. Right. Um, I believe I got the SpongeBob, which was a good decision on my part, because I'm telling you, read it. And I, I can't even remember what else I got. Well, Maybe. I agree with you. I agree with you 100% in that this is the most I've ever received from DCBS because I do think they tied it this year more than ever to sales. But it was a struggle to pick 11 books. Sure. I I, I, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have felt gypped if I got five books. Right. And, there was and, one and point. even though we didn't go this year, in the prior couple of years when we have gone to local stores for the kids – these stores are pretty great where I could have come away each year with essentially any free comic book day book I wanted. So I, I probably could have come home in any of these years with every free comic book day book, one copy of them. To your point, Vince, I, I rarely, if ever, well, no, I never did that I, because <laughs> there were lots of books I thought, well, I'm not going to read this. I, yeah. It's going to just sit in my pile, which is already massive as it is. I don't, right. I don't need this book. I got the 2000 AD one again because theirs is always great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but – there was one point where I was like, do I add the Street Fighter or not? Like, it was that bad. Yeah. I just could not find stuff to fill up that list. All right, so, so Tex Patagonia from Epicenter Comics is actually right on the inside cover. It says this color edition is an excerpt from the Tex Patagonia Signature Edition by Epicenter Comics available this July. So this is basically, you know, this is like, although... This is what you're going to see as opposed to, you know, the Wonder Woman, which you've already seen. Um, but again, you know, I, so I don't, but I'm not familiar with Epicenter Comics, so I don't know if this was, if this was a smart play to just be like, listen, we already have this work. Let's just let people know that it's available and that'll be our free comic book day offering. Remember when Tokyo Pop was the hotness and their free comic book day offering was an actual digest, manga, right? a- manga sized thick book? Yeah. And uh, the um, Mouse Guard, remember they they were giving hardcovers out on Free Comic Book Day for that? Yes, yes, yes. Good times. 
There you go. All right. Let's move along because we have a lot to talk about. Jason. Yes. Tell me about some Deadpool. You want to hear about this? <laughs> I do want to hear about this. <laughs> oh, sucker, sucker, <laughs> Okay. Deadpool. 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 You're getting like me. Right? So excited my words are stumbling. Deadpool, Bad Blood, is a rare OGN for Marvel. I would say Marvel puts out an OGN, what, maybe one, excluding the licensed stuff they do for novels and everything. It's maybe months over a year or two. I think the last one was that Warren Ellis Avengers, wasn't it? No, I think the last one was the Jerome Opeña Avengers. Oh, right. Avengers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Rage of Ultron. Yeah. You're right. Right. Rage of Ultron. But it's 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 every year or two. It's certainly not a very common occurrence. Uh, this has been in the works for a while. We have known about it from jump, as Rob has been very very excited to talk about it. So what is it? It is it is an original graphic novel featuring Deadpool and most of his associated characters, drawn by Rob. Written by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers. Now, Sims and Bowers have been, they're a tandem. They have been writing, I think they write a few comics, but they have been writing for sure that X-Men 92 joint, uh-huh. which I don't read, to be honest. But nope. um, Chris Sims, probably better known still for his rather incendiary existence as a comic book journalist quote-unquote i guess right mm-hmm. um probably still better known for that but he has been doing regular comics writing for some time uh, i suspect because of his nostalgic love of that era just as as i have he and chad and because of their work with x-men 92 they befriended rob they also well chad is the writer of young blood the relaunch of young blood so clearly they have a relationship with rob Regardless of all that, I don't know how this came about, but but Marvel okayed a, a, this OGN, which um, uh, I was well, I was I knew I would enjoy it because Rob drawing a full length Deadpool book was going to please me. I didn't know if I would think the book had any story worth telling because I just don't know these two gentlemen as writers well enough to be sure. Uh, but I'm pleased to say that. For what it is, it was nearly perfect. <laughs> now, let me be clear. So that means cables I, in it. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> I Disclaimer time. This book is exactly what you all listening at home think it is. For good or for bad. Okay. If you are not a Rob Liefeld fan of his art, if you're one of those people that feels compelled 20 years later to still complain about the man drawing Captain America with breasts. If one of those people that, in spite of my asking you to, being incapable of hearing the man or seeing the man's name in our in our group and not insulting him, this book is not for you. It is not for you. <laughs> this is for people who either genuinely love and or are nostalgic for Rob drawing these characters from the 90s. If you have no interest in revisiting that period of time and that style of artwork, this book is not for you. But if you're nostalgic, which many of us are, and I would argue more people reading comics today are nostalgic than anything, and you're nostalgic for that era of comics, which is another subset, this book is perfection. It's perfection. It's a very simple story, no surprise. 
Deadpool is being attacked by a, a very large armor-clad superpowered being that he calls Thumper. And he can't figure out why Thumper is attacking him. He is having a chat with my girl Domino. What, what? Oh, boy. He brought her in to help capture a secret weapon for a client. Lo and behold, because it's Deadpool, he's a bit of an imbecile, and he doesn't realize that Thumper is actually the weapon that he's trying to capture. Uh, Regardless of all that, from there, it's a fairly... It'll be a very familiar series of plot points for anyone that knows the X-Men or Weapon X mythos. In, in essence, Thumper is the latest creation of the obligatory Department H slash Weapon X slash Weapon Plus people. Uh, the story is intended to have a heart in that it takes a strange turn about halfway through when we start to realize who Thumper is under the armor. <laughs> and I do believe it's meant to be written as endearing, but because it's 90s X book Rob Liefeld art, it doesn't come off as endearing. That part of it is the silly part. That's why I say it's nearly perfect. But putting that aside in terms of who Thumper is and why we should care or not, in this book you've got Deadpool. You've got Domino. You've got Cable. You've got Kane. You've got Shatterstar. You've got Reaver. You've got Warpath. You've got Weapon Plus, meaning the program. You've got... I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone. That, uh, that may be it. Did I say Shatterstar? But you've essentially got most of the... Oh, you've got Cannonball. So you've got all the X-Force from... from what the about 90s. the Hydra Bob? agent? Bob? No. No, no Bob, no Bob. Oh. But you have got the majority of the characters that Rob created and made famous in the early 90s at Marvel before he left for Image. You've got most of them fighting each other in some form or fashion. You've got Micro Domino fighting Thumper, fighting Deadpool. You've got... And Rob even so there's flashback scenes. So Rob draws Domino with '90s X Force headband, and he draws Domino in her current, my preferred form with the no headband and the short hair. It was terrific. Again, this was exactly what it needed to be. Deadpool's voice is spot on. Tons of '90s Liefeld style action. Relatively simple story where the big bad is maybe a bit predictable, but again, it's '90s action comics, so I don't have a problem with that. With an essentially happy ending. It was well-paced. I thought it looked great because it was exactly what I expected it to be. You could tell that Rob was very inspired by this book. Uh, if you compare this to some of his other interior work over the last five or so years, it's better than that. It's it's There's passion there for sure. And I thought it was amazing. I can't... I read the digital copy today. I can't wait to get the physical copy in my hands. I did reach out to Rob and ask him dibs on the pages. Much to my chagrin, he said he's holding on to the pages. So bummed about that. But nevertheless, I highly, highly recommend this book if you are a nostalgic fan of 90s Liefeld Marvel. Which is why I thought I could talk about it in length 
now, even though I know you two haven't read it, because I know neither of you really fit that bill. I've got it right here on the desktop. All right, then. I'm going to read it. Well, now that I told you cables in it, you're back in. For real, right? Right. That'll get me in the door every time. Yes. See, I don't know if... Domino chick. I don't know if I could look past (laughs) the... the, (laughs) I don't... Be careful. I'm I'm not a fan of... um, (gasps) Of the writers, so that that's that would be my. Now hold on, are you saying you're not a fan because you don't know them, or you're saying you're not you're letting Homeboy's reputation for other shenanigans cloud your ability to enjoy him as a writer? Uh, a little from both columns. Um, Column A, Column B. Yeah, I, I've I've tried not very hard. I've I've <laughs> looked at you know preview pages and things like that, but it's just it's. Um, but, you know, knowing your love for the characters and how much this story seems to have pleased you, I'm, um, I would give it a shot. Well, listen, let's be clear. This book was written for, for me, right? I mean, in my subset of, of the world, I don't know how large that subset is anymore. I'm curious to see how this book sells. I don't know if there are, if we're Legion, I don't know if we're 20 dudes in a room together. I have no idea what we are. Based on the fact that Rob has got three mile lines at cons and in spite of charging $100 for a signature, I'm, I'm assuming we're Legion, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. Well, the color's great. It's great. The, the, the book's great. It's, Bauer and Sims get, get the characters in this case right. I thought they wrote Domino right. I thought they got Deadpool just right in terms of his witticism, but this is the Deadpool from the Nicieza Liefeld early stuff. He's a badass. He's a killer first and foremost. He's not he's not that he's yet to, this is not the Joe Kelly or even the, the Jerry Duggan break the fourth wall constantly Ryan Reynolds version of Deadpool. This is the, in fact I don't think he breaks the fourth wall at all. This is the early New Mutants X-Force. I'm Tolliver's right-hand man and arguably the best assassin on the planet. Domino's hair is really short. Rob does draw her hair very short. It's like a little too short, frankly. Right, right. For my taste, it's almost buzz cut-ish. Yeah. But there's my man. Another odd artistic quirk. Rob draws Domino in the modern setting where her eye, the eye with her patch is pure, pure clear. It's just clear white, no pupil, virus. Yeah. But in the flashback to when she's a member of X Force, (laughs) she has an eye totally normal. (laughs) Well, in not in one panel, but in in the other panel, yeah, I see it. That could be the colorist, though. Yeah. That could be the colorist making a mistake. Wow, this is really something. I know. Yeah, Rob stepped up. Uh, I shouldn't say that. You could tell he was he was very uh, jazzed to be doing this book. That's exactly right. I think he's just passionate. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 not just a bunch of full figure commission poses with no backgrounds. Well, they're not a whole hell of a lot of backgrounds, <laughs> but there are uh, there are some. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, there are some. Okay, he focuses on the action. Yeah. <laughs> I like this a lot. I may even read this for next week. Ooh, nice. 
Really? You're going to do that to me? Oh I won't God. go. I won't go on and on and on about it. Oh my God! But I have to say, color art by uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. He did Rob a very, very valuable service on this book. Colors yes. great. Yes. Nice. Good looking out. Oh, great looking out. So, what else do we have, David? And just public service announcement, I don't need 43 people to chime in about how the book isn't for you because you don't like Rob. We get that. If you don't like Rob, don't read the book. <laughs> we it really is a given. I mean, it's, I don't even – you could be a Deadpool fan and if there's just still – I'm a fan of certain characters, just not the way some people draw them. So I wouldn't really go out of my right. way to read that story. So, what, yeah, don't, don't, don't do it to yourself. Don't, don't – don't read or buy something that you just you feel the need to bitch about. I, I get it. Oh, you know, you you earn that right because you spent your money on it. But I mean, don't let's just focus on the positive, man. There's just page don't, where, don't waste your fucking energy. There's a page what? where Deadpool's riding a unicorn. <laughs> yes, it goes to heaven. She's gold. Do you want to talk for a minute about this bug book? Yeah, sounds yes, good to me. I do. I really do want to talk about it. Really it really does. Um, Bug the Adventures of Forager Number 1 by the family Allred. Yes. I assume that's their son? I don't know. I didn't investigate uh, enough. I'm, I'm assuming either... Lee Allred, I'm assuming, is their son, but I don't know that for sure. Right. You you read it, and, and David read it. We all read it. Yes. So, what, I, I mean... This is one of those instances where I'm pretty much incapable of not liking this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is your and Deadpool. This is, for, this is a Jared Way. This is one of his books. Yeah, this is part of the Animal Line, Young Animal. Well, what did you think? Well, I want to hear what you thought. No, I don't. All right. First of all, it presses all the right buttons because mm-hmm. it takes place immediately after Cosmic Odyssey. When see that was lost on me, which I, I now know for a fact because of this and when we did the roundtable for the site with people's favorite books of all time. I I have not read Cosmic Odyssey, and I need to remedy that. Yeah, you do. It's very good. I need to reread it. I have. I didn't know that this took place right after Cosmic Odyssey. Neither did I. Well, when it opens. Foragers, foragers, and the, there is it, there's not a footnote. It's in the actual story because he said last thing I remember, I was I was saving Batman's. You know, it's it's on the first page. I I think. Yeah, which could have also been from right. It could have been from goddamn Jack Kirby, Bill God's book. I don't. You know, there's. It, I assume they were telling me it was just setting up the story. I have no. I had no idea there was legitimate. Context. Well, yeah, been a foot, a Forager kind of. He doesn't kind of. He he gives his life in order for Batman to live. In Cosmic Odyssey. In Cosmic Odyssey, yes. So Forager is a new god. No. Well, he. Well, he's he, from what Supertown? No, he's in the 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 fourth world saga, but he is not a new god. That's the whole point of about Forager was because his his race of of people are look upon by high father and his ilk as lesser beings they're they're like workers they're they're they're, they're underlings basically well, it's, it's essentially a caste system there, yeah right? they they can aspire to be anything other than what they are okay. and he Which is why they're considered sex yeah and he has something else 
he's not completely – he's not genetically pure. There's something else going on with, with Forager. And I'm not going to say because you, I want you to read this stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the addition of Sandman and Brute and Glob, like another Jack Kirby creation, the art was astounding. I just I thought this this book just spoke directly to me. Yeah, there's a lot of psychobabble. Do you love those Laura Allred flat colors? I do, but the the, the whole um, what am I? Where am I? Am I insane? The the, the psychobabble that that trailed through the whole book. I enjoyed it because it wasn't really taking away the visuals are the thing that I most devoured with this book. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's Kirby, fourth world stuff, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, the banter between Brute and Glob was great. As a first issue, I, I thought it was it was nearly perfect. What didn't you like about it? He's talking to you, Jason. I'm talking to both of you. <laughs> Uh, I oh I did like it quite a bit. I liked it though in the context of I had no history with the character, which is fine, totally fine. But because of that, and because it was a young animal book, I just let the craziness of it combine with the unbelievably beautiful Allred art to wash over me, mm-hmm. and I just took it as though I was going for a ride. Knowing going in that I likely wasn't going to quite understand the plot or the narrative, even if there was one. And that's pretty much what I felt. I got done the book, thought, wow, that was a visual masterpiece. It was fun. It had good energy. I didn't lose interest, but I have no earthly idea what happened. (laughs) But that was fine. I I, I don't completely understand. I'm not disappointed in that. I I, I thought it uh, it was... I don't know if I had been more familiar with the history of the characters and or taken my time a bit more reading it if I would have had a better understanding and appreciation of what was in his head versus what was real and whether that was all that important. So I don't know if maybe I didn't put in the work on that front, but I don't feel like I missed out in doing so. I still think I came away getting it that this guy thought he was dead. Maybe he was dead, but now he's not dead. Sandman played a role in that. He's probably got a greater purpose in subsequent issues, which is why he's back. We don't know what that purpose is yet. And we're going to, no matter what happens, it's going to be a, a trippy visual extravaganza. Yeah. And that's cool. Okay. I, and there was a lot of nods to, to other Kirby stuff, like when he finds the Christmas card. Okay. And it says, Merry Christmas from Mr. and Mrs. Bartholomew Blankenship and Little Buddy Jr., Mm-hmm. Buddy Blank is Omac. Ah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's it's cute. Um the but the thing that made me laugh out loud was when uh uh it was Bruton Glob and you know, I can't even find it. I'm going through the issue here. Glob says something that just made me scream. He was looking at something and oh um, I'm not gonna find it. Go ahead, keep going. David, I'll find it while you're while you're looking, you're talking. Uh, I thought it. Um, I thought it looked great. Uh, I don't know. I. 
I'm okay with the crazy. I'm okay with you know, stories that aren't. I don't. I, I don't need my handheld. I don't need everything explained to me up front. I, I, I can go along for the ride. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying this issue tried too hard. If if you're a fan of everything about it, um, the characters, the settings, if you've read Cosmic Odyssey, then you're probably going to really, really enjoy this. And it seems that pretty much everybody has. I, I don't know too many people who've read it and shrugged and and you know, said said this wasn't for them. I don't know. Um, why there's a young animal connection and not just a standalone six issue miniseries from DC from from the main line, which is you know, for whatever reason. But it's um, you know, considering you know Wild Dog is in the Cape Carson book, it is things going all over the place with the young animal line. So which is you know fine. It's just it's it's off kilter. I I'm I'm cool with that. I really liked the look of the issue. I just don't know if I am a big enough fan of the characters to um, want the next issue right now. It, it's something I can probably wait until it's halfway through to, to get back to it. I, I can go back to it in a couple of issues and pick up where I left off and then, and, you know, and then just wait for the last three issues to finish it. And then, but I, and by, it, the, by it, the hardcover. Yeah, you do you. The, uh, there's, there's just, um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it exists. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that there's, it, it's, it's something for people to connect to. I, for some reason, it, it didn't fire on all cylinders for me. Hmm. I found the dialogue. It's when, uh, Brute and Glob unleashed the bugs. And uh, Brute says, a couple sacks of vile things will really make yeah. him wet his pants. And Glob yeah. says, vile things, I think I love you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did smile at that. That was good. Uh, I thought the sound effects were great. Yeah. I, I, there were there were some really good moments. But the uh, I, I don't know if it's a concept thing. I don't know if it's just, you know, trying to be in the right headspace to, to get it all. Um, I like the bear. Questioning Forager's existence, uh, as pertaining to High Father. I like the fact that the, um, overarching conflict in the fourth world, which is Darkseid versus Orion, was reflected in the bear's eyes. I think the ghost girl is actually a mother box. I can see that. Because, well, he says, what do you know? She, he says, what do you know about mother boxes? But she, how do you know when she's right? When she's on the floor, the dominoes right. are, are laid out in the motherboard circuit pattern. Like we wouldn't know that <laughs> unless he, we were told. Uh, no, I just we don't know everything, and I don't think we we need to at this point. Oh, absolutely not. But I mean the the montage page with Forger and the the falling dominoes and you get the black racer and you get um, oh, I love that splash page, Atlas yeah. and, and, and Omac and dead man and, and Sandman. It's just, it, it's the great page like you. I don't need everything explained to me. I would like it to come to some kind of, um, 
perceptible resolution that we can get out of this thing, that it's not just like an adventures in, in great art and design? Because that's really what this issue was. There's right. there, there's story here, but the, the meat of this initial salvo is all the visuals, I think. With some nice psycho, you know, uh, introspective stuff going on just to make it. Uh, intriguing enough to come back next issue, mm-hmm. and that's and and I'm, I'm rereading the last page now, and I think that that's another. It wasn't a huge problem, but it it, it not that every issue has to end on a big oh shit moment to get you interested into the next issue, but it almost seems kind of anticlimactic because he's he 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 ends up. Grabbing what he needs to get, and he's falling like a domino, and 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 he's like, okay, assuming I ever land, okay, then next issue. And it's just it it didn't. There wasn't a lot of um. I I didn't I didn't get a sense of of um. A lot of dread, or oh my god, will he escape this in the next issue? I just it, well, it, it, the way it, the way it ended. No, but it it just the way it, it, it didn't end flat. But I think it was just a little anticlimactic for me. But looking at the whole thing, pull back, look at all the, all the, the way the story is structured, the way it's presented, it, it does mesh well with the young animal books because they're not like the DC mainstream books. So I, I don't know, I wouldn't expect a cliffhanger or maybe it just, the whole line goes against expectations, good or bad. Um, but I just think this is just Mike Allred having fun so far. Not just Mike, the, the Allreds right. having fun. Who did the alternate cover? Because it's not. Oh, oh. Did he really? That mm-hmm. doesn't look like. I was going to say Dash Shaw. For some of it, the background is totally Dash Shaw. But well, there's a uh, there's, there's the one I I saw was a um, was a Paul Pope, but apparently, according to credits box, there's also one by James Harvey. Well, that's probably the one I'm looking at. Yeah, I like that a lot. Cool. But Allred does a great Batman. I love his Batman. It's a little it's bit the old Batman. A little bit sixties. A little bit. Tiny little bit sixties. Mm-hmm. I like it. Speaking of Batman. Oh boy. We can talk about the button? You mean Flash? Well, well, Batman Part Three. Trying to segue there, Vince. I know. Yeah. I, I I dropped that ball. It was hot. Mm. Uh, let's let's give the credits here. The Flash number twenty-two is the Button Part Four, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by the awesome Howard Porter, and color was by Hi-Fi. I want to know who these Hi-Fi people are. Like, give me some specific names. Like. John French from Hi-Fi. You know, because Hi-Fi is so vague. I know it's a studio, but there had to be one or two people who were primarily responsible for this, right? Mm. Let's shout them out. Well, shout out. So that is, yes, that's the Flash 22, but since we didn't talk about Batman 22, do you have... That's what I was going to say. We didn't. We didn't talk about button part three. Uh, we didn't. The button part three. No, we didn't. 
because I oh. I asked if everybody read it and cricket. So I had I had part three. I read it. Uh, that is this week. Um, Joshua Williamson and Tom King. That's your story, but it's a Joshua Williamson script. Uh, Jason Fabach, Pencils and Inks. Brad Anderson does your colors and, uh, Deron Bennett is your litterer. So, um, part three deals with, um, it takes place right after part two, Flash 21, when the treadmill blowed up real good and they end up in the cave of Thomas Wayne, the Batman. So, picking up where they left off, we uh we have Batman and Flash face to face with Bruce's father. Um Thomas Wayne is looking at his son. But while this is going on, the uh the Amazons and uh because Diana and, and Arthur are are together in the Flashpoint universe. So uh they're making their way to attack Wayne Manor in the Batcave and um while all that's about to happen while while the two Batmanses are going to take on uh the enemy Flash is going to rebuild the treadmill. And um it's it's a good issue it's a touching issue. There's uh there's some moments where Thomas and Bruce have uh have a little bit of a heart to heart um and they they do escape they get out of the bat cave um Bruce wants to bring his father with him uh that doesn't really go according to plan but while they are trying to make their way back to their universe they uh they kind of almost get literally front off the road by reverse flash who oh my god i thought he died in the first chapter well now we get to the fourth chapter uh where uh vince is so excited to talk about apparently so by all means i I, well actually no i want jason i wonder what jason thought about batman liked it a lot I, i i was actually feeling some kind of way between father and they were son? giving each other the love. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling it. I, I, I was feeling it. It wasn't ham-handed. It wasn't overly melodramatic. It seemed legit to me. Because for as driven and obsessed as Bruce is as a result of his parents being killed, it would make sense to flip that script and have Thomas be as similarly impacted by his son's death, if not more so. Right. So to hear each of them take the moment to give each other a word of encouragement and explain how much something they did for each other meant to one another, I, I was getting verklempt. I thought it was great. I mean, it, it it really hammered it home when Bruce tells him, "You're a grandfather. I have a I son. Know. I know, and 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 I want. I, I we can be together. I want you to meet him." And, um, but there were lots of beats. The, the, I, I thought it was spot on that Bruce would be totally disinterested in even acknowledging that this guy was his dad at first. And then he gives him the test and the dad, because he's also a Batman, so presumably super, super smart and intuitive, feels the test coming, 
hits it right away by telling him what he said to him on that when they fell into the Batcave, <laughs> which is exactly what Bruce was waiting to hear. And then he in, that was an instant vetting, and he said, "You could see, okay, this is my dad. Holy shit!" Yeah. So I just I, I thought they they killed it with that. I thought they just I don't know. Not to say that there's a rule book as to what an interaction between adult Bruce and his father would be, but this felt like it followed all the rules if there are such a thing as rules. So I, I loved it. Now I have to tell you, I I don't how do I say this? <laughs> For as much as I love what I see of Batman, I just struggle to care about the Flash as a character. I it's funny, I love the TV show. I was just gonna say Yeah, the season's whack. Season was whack. But one of the reasons I find I found this TV season whack is enough with the time travel. I'm going back. I'm going to change the future. I, it just, because it just invites the, that's just, the X Men got in trouble the same way. Just when you start getting too obsessed with, if you want to tell a story about the past or the future, tell the story. But when you feel con- compelled because we're in a fictional universe full of continuity. To always go back and build something on top of that prior story of a change in reality or a time travel, it just gets tedious for me. That's what happened with the TV show, and that's what happens here. I just feel like in the 50 Flash stories I've ever read, fully acknowledging that I am a neophyte Flash person, almost every one involves some type of alternative reality. Sometimes the reality disappears other times it's instantiated, but it's always some kind of, well, I'm going to go here and make sure this didn't happen, or I'm coming back here and I'm going to get you. It's just, I've seen it. I've done it. I want to see the Flash do other things. Well, you're never going to be a Flash fan then because that no, is... No, I, I get it. I get it clearly. You know, that's but. the underlying thing with the character. Time really doesn't mean all that much to the Flash or the the the... The heroes that tap into the speed force, time is kind of negligible to them. But I think make it negligible. Make, make it negligible. Don't make it the weight of the world. And as each thing happens, it's bringing the world closer into peril or more confusing. Or well, that's the chan- fun part, right? I think what I what I it's, wanted to-, I, to me, it's not fun because I like the idea of that every now and then. But when you're trying to pull it all together so that it all matters, then I feel like none of it matters. What, what I'm going to do at Heroes is look for some pre-crisis, pre-speed force flash stories from not way, way back in the day, mm-hmm. but at least maybe the 80s and, and even, even the, maybe some of the early 90s. Not- that for John's Flash Omnibu. I read, I think I've read about half of it. I read about which, which ones? The the Johns the I forget the name but the the, the, the reprints the the Johns run the rebirth you need to well go. that's all that that's all Speed Force I'm not talking about that I'm talking about when it was when it was, yeah, Chris. It was okay but it just but but I kind of felt like I got enough of it and then Flashpoint was okay for what it was but I guess I just don't feel the need to have to go back to Flashpoint again no and that's and that's what I'm saying like these these are going to be stories where you know he's either taking on you know some of the characters that you'll see on on the show now where it's it's not he doesn't have to always go back in time it's just you know he's got to figure out a way mm-hmm. someone's always the bad guy's always going to try to say okay well if you move too quick you know, so there's there, and and his rogues gallery isn't there in the old days they were kind of corny 
but you know some of the yeah reverse flashes I was from the future and 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 there's time travel in that regard but I mean when he's taking on the top or weather wizard or anything I've been a victim probably because most of the flash I've read have been in conjunction with broader events or crossovers that I seem to always end up reading flash stories where he's traveling in time and battling yeah. other speedsters. That's what that's what I want to avoid. Right. And and I fully acknowledge based on not just y'all but anybody that's a flash fan that he is a pretty badass rogues gallery. But I don't think I've read many stories ever featuring those rogues. I've read a few, but very rarely. We'll fix that starting next month. All right, respect. I think the Mark Wade stuff would really. I know it's Speed Force, but I think the no, Mark, but it's not because that's also personal. That Mark was going through some shit and he was working it out by writing Barry. So I mean, by Barry, by writing Wally. So that yes, there is. It, it's obviously post Speed Force, but it's not so steeped in. I, I agree with you. Vince. Well, that's the thing about the Flash. He's the linchpin of the DC universe. And I think that that's, you know, you have to, I, I know people get it. I, I know people are aware of that. But, you know, it's not that just Flash is, you know, it's because of him we got Flashpoint and therefore we got, pretty much got the new 52. And now here it's, it's, you know, yeah, you would put Batman in a story as heavy as as something like the button, but why do you have to bring the Flash into it? Because the Flash Flash wasn't DC's first hero, but that was that was the start of the Silver Age. It it, it started with Barry Allen, so it makes sense that you're going to try to make DC's next big thing connected to the Flash. So I I, I get that. I, right. I appreciate that. He, but he's also the character that is ushering in the forgotten stuff by way of Wally. He recognized Wally, mm-hmm. and so all of the pre-New 52 stuff will come back because of Barry. If Barry and, if Barry didn't recognize Wally, all this stuff would not be happening. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, though, if he saw the cover, he'd probably recognize who was in oh, the no. issue of 22. Um, so silly. It's – it's uh, so as far as the, the – the Batman issue, yes, there were. It, it was, it was a really great issue. Um, the uh, some fantastic moments that that even carried into the next issue of the Flash, um, and and props for um, not having the lightning around the Flash in every single panel in in Batman. So getting to the Flash, hush with the button part four, you have. Um, you're never going to guess who's in this issue based on whichever cover you received. Uh, picks up immediately after part three where uh, Reverse Flash is zipping by Flash on the treadmill with Batman um, in tow. And they uh, it, it, it's almost like this is this is this is the scene that happened. When Eobard disappeared in the first part, when yeah. he was in the cave with Batman, so I'm, 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 I thought that that was a great little, little throwback. But I know that um, we, we, we both agree, and I'm dying to hear what I, because of what we said on Slack. So I'm, I can't wait to hear what Jason thought about the issue. But um, I know I going to let someone else take the wheel. I, I, I know you did like it, mm-hmm. so I, I, I just, just, just 
You, you said you know he didn't like it or did? No, he no, did. I did. I liked it very much. Aside right. from the covers, we, we, we enjoyed the issue. What was it about the cover that bothered you? It, the fact that uh, there's supposed to be some big, huge surprise in the issue that, that this person who was talking, calling out to Barry, and you're kind of not supposed to know who it is until the big reveal on the splash page, but they pretty much give it away on the cover. There's only one person that wears a hat like that. Yeah. and w- But... I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've seen him in New 52. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. I think. I can't be certain, but I do believe. little too on the nose with the way Howard drew him for me. What do you mean? He drew him to look just like Joss's dad. Yeah. <laughs> but did you notice that yeah. Jay, Jay gets older as as he as time progresses in the story, Jay gets older? Yeah. Especially the last family. Well, based on what I just said about how exhausted I am by Flash and Speedsters, I mm, didn't stick the landing for me. What? Uh, not because I, 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 I don't have any complaints about it in the sense that it was poorly done or I have, oh, this isn't right. I, more because I, I just feel like I'm sick and tired of there being a evil version of the Flash. And, and I, this is 100% about me watching the TV show and being tired from the TV show this year being another Flash, another speedster. It's like, I, I get it, dude. There's lots of speedsters that don't like you. I, I get it. I, I mean, all right already. I just, so I just, I, the reverse Flash just, it makes me want to put the book down. I, I just, I, I, I don't ever need to read another Thawn comic ever. I just don't. So, and I, and so it was cool to see Jay. I didn't know if he had been on, in the book or not. David, as David said, I guess it was significant in that regard. Always dug him as a character, JSA and that sort of thing. So that's cool. I think probably that's all part of this, right? JSA is supposed to be coming back. Yes. So that's awesome. Uh, JSA, JSA, this, the John's JSA run uh, with Eaglesham primarily on art was still to this day one of my favorite DC runs. I, I love that book. So totally cool with that. Um, the reveal was zero, not that reveal, but the the reveal at the end was nary a surprise to anybody that's got a pulse, I would think, right? I mean, was that, oh, was yeah. that, was that surprising to anyone? Was there no. a possible way that that was surprising to anyone? Um, but still cool. I, I'm still very curious as to what Johns is going to pull off later this year. Especially no. with that font, the yellow on the black. It's, it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, wait, wait, wait. You, you're leaving out one big part of. The the epilogue, what? The button floating in space and another yeah. character coming and come on. That's what I just yeah. said. No, I know. we were just. Oh, I thought you were talking about the big blue hand. That's what I'm talking about. Right, That's but right, the, the but parts that come after, like this, this story is going into the where they touch base with Batman and Flash. Now they're going to the the big daddy, where it's now going to impact Superman, and it's just this is win 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 situation. Yeah. Well, um, and and I I. I don't know where John's fits into most people's writing pantheon at this point. I don't know if he's the DC version of Bendis. Where I was just going to say, is he still? Well, that's what I'm asking. Are people tired of him? Are they? Do they? Has he been gone long enough that they miss him now? But probably because I'm not the longtime DC wonk that many people, yourselves included, are. I've generally dug John's. It's, he's got a process, which is he always you know takes these characters and then he he inserts stuff into their history that 
is in continuity, although it never ha- we never saw it happen, and tries to flesh out the character in new ways. And I, and I dig that. It's formulaic at this point, but I dig it, and it works for me. So, so I'm super excited for what he's got ahead. I, I, I'm, for some reason, much less bothered by this than I was about before Watchmen, before it came out. I was worried about before Watchmen and what it might be like, but um, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't to the level of David where he was just nah, so I'm not going to do that. But, but I, I, I'm not worried about this. I guess I, this, so I, I do have a lot of faith in Johns. I think this is something he's probably given a lot of thought and planning to, and I think it's it's going to be entertaining. And I wouldn't get too caught up for everyone about what this means in the grand scheme of things because it's comics. It'll either mean a lot or it'll mean nothing. It'll just depend on what they think the fans want out of it, right? Right. If the fans are loving this, then they'll maybe have the Watchmen characters somewhat fully integrated into the DCU over time. If if that idea is anathema to most hardcore readers, they'll pull a MacGuffin at the end of this, a deus ex machina, and it'll be back to being a, a one-off thing that never happens again. You can almost write the ending, though. The Trinity defeating Manhattan? Well, whatever the case, the the end result is Dr. Manhattan's going to have to be removed from the picture. You sure. you can't have a character like that in the DC universe. Sure. And and Nighthawk, you know, the, so the rest of them are Night Owl, the, the rest of them are going to stay. However, they they manage to to be inserted into the DC universe and and Manhattan's going to be extracted and maybe create a new universe somewhere else or, you know, you think so? Yeah, I don't. You can't. It, it's impossible to have a, le- a character. It's this. It's the Superman but, problem. But you think? No, I'm not. So, but what I'm trying to get at are you? Are you saying you think when the dust from this settles, we will have some number of consistent Elseworlds or other world titles that revolve around the, the Watchmen universe? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Interesting. Okay, I hadn't yeah. thought that we would go that direction. Yeah. Well, you got to play your cards really close to the vest on this one. Mm-hmm. R- Rorschach can work in the DC universe, um, you know, uh, but Doctor Manhattan, not so much. No, it, it's like I said, it's the Superman problem. You have a massively powerful character that can seemingly do everything. What do you do with him? What is he just going to sit on a throne on the moon and, and characters are going to come and ask him for advice from now on? You know, it's just it, it would be incredibly boring. He would either want everything or, or, or nothing. I, I just don't see him working in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Too too powerful. It's God. You have God walking yeah. around. So the uh, well, it was amusing, Vince, with you saying how. Barry remembering Wally and pulling him into the universe, but uh, doesn't remember Jay at all. There's no knowledge of him, but he he, he clears that up by saying, you know, well, the, the, uh, I forget shit. Um, he will. He'll remember him. Well, now he's gone. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, and and it the way it, I don't, I part of me feels like. This fourth chapter was just so we could get to the epilogue. Um, I don't. It, it's not. Yeah. Okay. They they cleared up the mystery, sort of 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 what killed Thorn, but it's not. Uh, you know, Bruce is like, I'm still gonna. I still have the body. I'll do the autopsy. This, that, and the other. Um, and 
it, it's, uh, no, it, it ends with them walking away and we zoom out real quick and, and we get to the applause, which, you know, I, I thought the, I, I like the Watchmen characters enough where I am intrigued by the Doomsday Clock and to see what they're going to do with it, to see if they're going to use it to reset, um, to, to cure Barry's amnesia and, and, and reset it back to the way I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they have, there's, you know, there's still the multiversity out there. There's still all these other universes and, and, and earths and other characters. So it's not like, it's not like anything's ever really going to go back to the way it was, which is fine. Cause it's, it's, you know, we can't, we can't bring it back to the way it was for like, you know, those, those, those sweet, sweet 10 years. It's, it's, they, they'll grow from that and be able to tell other stories based on just been off from what happened in the past. But, um, no, I mean, I'm still, you know, it's, it's been a year since Rebirth came out, so I'm, I'm still, uh, I guess excited. I'm, I'm still optimistic about where, you know, where, where, where they can take it. I think the Batman page is very significant. Y'all didn't talk about that. When, uh, speak on it. The, uh, the bat signal flashes. Oh, up. absolutely. Because that's what, because we, um, that, it goes back to what, um, I mean, Jason and I already read it because we read part three where, where Bruce and Thomas were in the cave. So, um, this is a throwback to that part. Yeah. But yes, I mean, for him to stand at the window and watch the signal and not and, do anything. And, and Alfred's like, you know, get your shit straight, son. And, and he's just, he's <laughs> just Come hangs his head. Now, so obviously his father's words sunk in. So yep. he's got some self doubt going on there. Do I please my daddy? Or, or do I do what I always have done and, and fight that never-ending battle? And oh my God, that's what I want. I want a Bruce Wayne true player for real look. I just, he gives up being Batman and just starts banging out the hose and living that life. It's not going to make him happy. I want that book, though. No, I don't want that book. We've had isn't that, that a, book. Is, isn't that an Iron Man book? <laughs> You get all stanky with Mary Jane on drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. All right. I have some books that I want to cover before we end this thing. Well, who's ending it? Well, I'm just saying. We're we're getting at the two-hour mark, so this will be my hour to talk about these these, these books. (laughs) I got two Valiant books. Oh, so you're chasing yourself then. What do you mean an hour? Which which two Valiant books? Uh, Oh, I know. I, I won't spoil anything because I know you didn't read them yet, but I, I, I got a set up. I got yeah. You didn't read them. No, but the, you asked me to read an image book. Right, yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on that. I'm gonna get on that, oh. but I, I got to get these Valiant out of the way because that's our number four, Dad. Because they're awesome. Exo uh, Man of War number two, which is Soldier Part Two, written by Matt Kent, illustrated magnificently, illustrated by Thomas Giarello. With color art by Diego Rodriguez, it, we talked about issue one. This picks up right after, immediately after uh, Eric is tapped to infiltrate the Cadmium base. Now, how is he going to do that? Because there's a shield around the Cadmium base. So Captain Brank says, "I got an idea. 
We'll stick you all in these zoom tubes and we'll fire you at the shield. And trust me on this, the tubes will penetrate the shield. And Eric, you know, he goes to, to talk to Ironside, who you remember was wounded in, in, the, in, the, in the first issue. And Ironside's like, my boy, you got to think on this because it doesn't sound like Captain Branks has your best interest at heart here. You know, I, I think he's afraid of you. Because you are pretty much the ultimate soldier. You you are everything uh, he fears. You, you will make him obsolete. And um, so Eric, being the master strategist along the lines of Captain America, uh, devises his own plan. He's like, okay, if I can't go above, I'll go below. So he goes in through the sewers. And he's given a team of warriors to join him. You have... Uh, a pair of azure twins called Club and Scar. There's a warrior woman called Cat, who's one of the burnt. That's the same um, race as Ironside. You have a communication specialist called Win, And in the mix, there's a cadmium trader named Bruto. So this entire issue is... Eric and his team trying to get into the cadmium base to do two things. He's got to destroy the generators that are powering the shields. If that is not an adventure slash science fiction trope by now, you always got to destroy the shields, right? That's what you got to do. Otherwise, you can't get through. Um, and... After destroying the shields, he's got to destroy this tower that's communicating with the orbital fleet. The cadmiums own the skies. They own space. So they can pinpoint you on the ground and destroy you from above. So we got to stop this tower. That's the entire issue. But I dare say, uh, you know, again, it's, it's of the moment. I feel this right now. What Giorello is doing in EXO, there's not a book on the stands that looks as good as this. I'm com I'm convinced. This is next level illustration. This book is so beautiful. Did you guys even take a look at it? No, I have it downstairs. Not yet. It's on my top of the retail, though. And David, the first, the inside front cover is the first panel of the book. It's a double page spread did, on the inside front cover. Did they do that last time with the first issue? I think they did. I don't remember. But I remember, I remember this one because I have it in my hands. It's just every single page is one that I would pay good money to own. I don't buy original art. Oh, we know. That's true. But there's, there's nary a page in this that would not look good on somebody's <clears throat> wall, namely mine. It's amazing. So I, I won't. Um, that's why I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just saying if, if, if you are a fan of the, um, pulp approach, there's that word, to storytelling, you're going to love Exo Manowar. And if you just like great art, you guys get to step up and read this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got to give us time, right? Ah, uh, well, I, well, I'm not going to go mm -hmm. there, but I read shit for this no. week that it was asked of me. Um, I don't recall you asking us to read this. No, I didn't. That's not what I'm saying. Well, there you go. 
if you say player, right? I need you to read this so we could talk about it. It was dope. We would say, okay, I'm gonna put it to the top of my stack. Another book that came out from Valiant that has the cardstock covers. We talked about this uh, first series. This is the volume two of Britannia, subtitled, oh, yeah. subtitled "We Are We Who Are About to Die." And um, again, Antonius Axia, the detectioner, is uh, is back, and he's got a, a problem, a big problem. The gods seem to be really pissed off. For what reason, we don't know. But the sons of prominent Roman families are being slaughtered within proximity to statues of the gods. There's there's a trio of boys that are, are just gutted, eviscerated. They're, they're, there's a really neat panel uh, shot from above where they're in the temple of Apollo and the boys are lying on the ground. Their guts are just streaming all over the damn place. I mean, these guys were savaged, right? Nobody knows how, what happened. But when when Antonius is, is uh, looking for clues, he's surveying the scene, he seems to, to think that the, uh, the statue uh, is speaking to him. Uh, is, is it a hallucination? I don't know. But um, there, there's also another problem. The issue begins with a prelude that that uh, occurs five years prior to the events of the story. You have a, a high-ranking Roman, um, could be a senator because his buddy's a senator. Uh, his name is Gaius Opius, and he loves the ladies. And uh, he belittles one slave girl who's serving him his wine that she's not pretty enough. He's like, send the other one in. So uh, the slave girl enters and Gaius tries to have his way with her. And the slave girl flat out grabs a, a sword and just kills him. Nice. Just a girl. cuts his throat, destroys this dude. And uh, there's a senator in attendance uh, called Craxus. Who witnesses it and um, tells the girl, "You, you know what? You're going to die for this. You, you've you've done the unspeakable. You've killed a Roman uh, nobleman, and now you're going to die." And that plays out later on in the issue. But the Vestal Virgins and um, Rubria are in here because Rubia's got a big problem in the aforementioned Craxus that he thinks the Vestal Virgins and Rubia have a little bit too much power in Rome, that um, they're basically unquestioned. Whenever they say, this is the way it is, everyone just believes them, you know, at face value because they're the Vestal Virgins. And uh, Nero doesn't like it. He challenges the the Rubria, not on his own, more because uh, Caxus kind of prodded him to do so, but uh, at the heart of this, it's again, it's a murder. It's a mystery. What's going on here? And you have uh, Axia, who is the the world's first detective. And the only reason why he got that way, if you remember, the Vestal Virgins had a job for him to do in the first series. Yeah. Uh, he did it, and for his troubles, he went insane. And so uh, in order to fix his mind, they let him... Uh, they exposed him to the Codex, 
and he it 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 repatterned his brain. He he thinks in ways that people of this time don't. He looks for clues, he looks for evidence, he looks for verifiable facts in regards to whatever's going on, whereas the rest of the Roman people just attribute everything to the friggin' gods. That that's it. That's the the explanation for everything. Well, the gods must be pleased. The gods must be displeased. You know. So he's looking for things that that actually matter, that are real, whereas uh, most of the people of this time are living in fantasy land. I think this is a remarkable series. Like David, I'm still struggling as to how this connects to the Valiant Universe. Mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. don't know what the what the connection. The the Vestal Virgins could be tied to the geomancers in some way but we haven't seen it yet and there's another subplot in this issue with uh antonius's son who uh he gave up uh not long after he was born like the kid grew up thinking that antonius was his uncle and he, he's actually his father well now he knows he's his father he's given his father a lot of shit because hey like hey you abandoned me dude I'm gonna go take this dude. I'm gonna go take this animal with my buddies and sacrifice it in a temple because the gods aren't pleased with all this stuff going on. You know, me and my boy is gonna step up, and and Antonius is just like, "What are you talking about? This there has to be a reason for this other than the gods." And so that's where this series is going. It's just fantastic. I am not a history buff, but this series speaks to me. Not only because the story is so compelling, but because Juan Jose's rips art. Oh my God. It, whatever pills or medication or whatever he's eating or drinking, I want some of it because his, <laughs> his attention to detail is fascinating. You spoke on it. Right? David, you, yes. lo- you love his art? I, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, yes, I, I, you appreciate I don't know if that. I'd say, I do. I, I think, um, because I mean, the Black Summer stuff, I mean, he's, he's, yes, it's extremely detailed. Um, super ornate. It's, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's very little shortcuts going on. Uh, did you see his work in the Free Comic Book Day issue? I didn't get it yet. What was, what was that? Was it preview the, pages? It was a, um, uh, Oh crap! I, I deleted the PDF already. Um, it was uh, it took place in four thousand one AD. It's basically a setup to the um. Oh yeah, yeah, the back to the new blood. Yeah, the black the backstories from the the uh this. But yeah, I saw it. Dad did not look like what we're used to from him. Oh, I thought it did. A little bit more subdued, but it was um because it took me a second to realize it was him. But the uh could have been an anchor. I, I don't remember the, the, the creative team on that. But most of his stuff is pencils. I, do, I don't think he inks his work. I think they just darken the pencils. I think you're right. Which to these eyes looks fantastic. These eyes dun, 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 dun. And Nero's a dick. The, you think? I cannot stand him. You heard? Yeah. But it's just another winner for Valiant. And there's a there's a long essay in the back. Those who are about to die, gladiators in myth and reality. And I'll leave it at that. And you can probably uh, draw the line to why an article about gladiators would be in a book where the uh, central theme is a murder mystery. That's all I'm going to say. 
It's outstanding. Out. And it's the anomaly as far as the Valiant line goes. It doesn't really... It's not superheroes. It's not horror. It's not, uh, to, to my knowledge, directly connected to the Valiant universe. It's something of a of a vertigo imprint at Valiant. It's just it's a strange, different, off kilter book that you should really be reading because I it's it's just crazy good. Yeah. What else? Um, I'm going to be reading it, I swear. I think you'll like it. It's a man's own. What else do we so have I don't here? know. Did I break it down? What else, fella? Um, I keep waiting for you to read Cannibal Number 5, since you're the one that turned me on to the book. I have it. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I should. No, my, my bad, my bad. It's all good, it's all good. Um... Did y'all read Batman number 23? I did. Vince? Vince did not, even though he's got some... No, I said it, is, it's the Swamp Thing issue? Yes. yes. I didn't read it yet, but I want to hear about it. doesn't stop it, me. It is... I, I guess it... Well, it's not a one-shot in that it's the intro to an arc, but I get the sense this was the one time we're seeing Swampy, though, right? Uh, in this issue, yeah, or in this in a Batman in book for now, right. yeah, right. So this is, of course, written by Tom King with art by Mitch Jarrods, who shout out to Mitch. So Tom and Mitch work together on Sheriff of Babylon. They this week made quite a few headlines because it was announced that they are going to work together on a twelve issue. Maxi series featuring Mr. Miracle. Which should be pretty dope. Yeah. And this is Mitch's first foray into a major DC character. And I think he acquitted himself quite well, especially especially with his choice of of panel layouts. No, this is um this is the second time for Batman. Because they really? were, yeah, they they did the two parter between um, I am Suicide and I am Bane when Batman was oh, going yeah, after Oh yeah, you're right. I totally so, forgot. Yeah. No, but you're this right. looks this you're looks right. a lot better. I feel than those first two issues. I really you know, like. I th- yeah, you think you're right. I think he was he was much more in the zone with this one. Um, so and Vince, right, I'm sorry. Right on the first page, uh, it says uh, on the bottom of the page for Bernie. Ah, oh. yes. So there, it's it's a whodunit. A old man was shot twice in the head by someone that came through his window, which was odd because it's on the 84th floor of a skyscraper. <laughs> so Bats goes to track it down, but he has company in that Swamp Thing appears and is involved. And I guess we shouldn't spoil why Swamp Thing is involved, but he has a personal motivation to be involved in this case. And something happens near the end involving Swamp Thing, which is that atypical of Swamp Thing or is that typical of Swamp Thing? Uh, Vince would probably be better suited to answer that in, in, I don't, what do you do? Kill someone. Wow. It's, it's happened before, but it's not something he, yeah. he just 
goes around just off. Okay. No, this, the, the, well, Batman, this, this, Batman this, this, seemed to be shocked that he did it. Yes. Yeah. And it was established at the beginning of the book that they have a history together. So, because it, it was really well done. I mean, listen, not that Tom needs a bigger head than he already has, but he's doing a great job writing this book. I, Batman is, is investigating the scene with, with, with Gordon and Swamp Thing appears behind them through some kind of piece of dirt or plant or something. And, you know, this giant plant thing shows up and Batman doesn't, doesn't miss miss a beat and Gordon says, I, I assume then that you two know each other. <laughs> you know, so so Tom just gets it all right there. But uh so so clearly in this book Batman knows Swampy and was shocked when Swampy killed someone. So that's why I wanted to ask if that was atypical or not. Yes. Okay. He had good reason to, to make to, to make to make the decision he made. But but yes, okay. But um yeah, it's. I just thought the storytelling choices were just spot on here. Um, there's a scene that's been going around a double page spread where uh, it's it's the the whole the whole panel the whole two pages is is set in Bruce's library at Wayne Manor, and on one big chair is Bruce sitting chatting directly across from him, the Swampy sitting there chatting, and it's 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 a wonderful image. It's just two people sitting in chairs with a hyper detailed library behind them, but it's such a great scene and Swampy's telling his story and he creates a little teacup out of his hand and he starts drinking out of the teacup, just little things like that. I thought it was so well done. Yeah. Um, Alfred is sweeping up, cleaning up behind Swampy. Oh yeah. He's using a toothbrush. He's using a toothbrush to clean a dirt stain out of the rug. Uh, yeah. That hound is just completely (laughs) stunned at, at this, talking tree in, in, right. in the library. At uh, one point, um, <laughs> at one point, Batman's trying to track down the killer and Swampy tells him where he is and then Batman's, and then he says, the, the grass told me. Mm-hmm. And Batman, and there's just stunned silence. Like, Batman's like, well then, okay. It's like, well, let's go in my car. He's like, let's go in the Batmobile. And then they're in the Batmobile and and, Bat- and Swamp, Swampy says, why do you need a vehicle? And then Batman pauses and says, why do you need a body? <laughs> Swamp Thing laughs. Yeah. So it just was great. I just thought, I, I just, I don't know. I just thought that they really hit the back and forth, the pitter patter between those two so well. And it was a little whodunit. And it sets up a, a, the arc where there's more, there's certainly more there. But Swamp Thing's role, I, I would, as we just said, I think is probably one and done. I don't think we'll see him in the rest of the arc, but. No, well, not, at least not for a while. Cause right after this, it, um, it picks up after the I am Bane, and it's it's the aftermath of that storyline. So I think Finch is Finch this is back. the arc where is this the Batman versus? Uh, sorry, is this the Riddler versus Joker arc? No, that's number twenty five. Okay, I think that starts with that issue, and that's when Mikhail comes back. So I think maybe Finch is in, or maybe I don't. Maybe Mitch is doing another issue with twenty four. Um, I don't know, but it, it's the next issue, I guess is an epilogue to the Bane story, mm-hmm. and then we get the War of Jokes and Riddles. And I love the fact that pretty much the the pages that I, the images I pulled for Vince to use for the episode have pretty much just been mentioned oh, by great. you. So, yeah, that uh, they're on the Dropbox, Vince. Got love uh, it. Say again? I got him. Sweet. Um, it was. It was a real solid issue. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I, I am... 
I'm dying to see what Tom does with Riddler. So I, I, I can wait the month, obviously, to, to see where that storyline is going to go with, um, well, I'm guessing Joker and Riddler, but the, uh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I, I think I'm, I'm almost ready to say I'm kind of done with the Bane storyline, but it's not like it's been nonstop because before this, we had two issues of a crossover with the Flash. So it's, it's, it's been a month of change since we read anything about Bane. So I'm, 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 I, part of me likes the fact that we're getting these, these breather issues in between the, the big, heavy, knockdown, drag out fight that, that Batman went through. But I also kind of just want Tom to be able to tell his story without, without the hiccups and, 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 and maybe, you know, I'm sure it's by design. I, 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 not going to say whether or not there's any, um, editorial hands in, in dictating things, but, um, I, I like that, you know, every time I see a, a preview image for some, for, for what, even if I'm reading the current story, I'll see something about what's coming up in Batman. And, and I'm stoked because it's generally, Something about the subject intrigues me. Plus, Tom's writing it, so I, well, like you said, we don't really need to blow him up any further, but it, it's, I'm, I am happy to be reading Batman again. Riddler is by far my, my least favorite Batman. I know, I know, and that, that hurts my heart every time you say it. Just don't like the dude. Hmm. It hasn't hurt any less. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I want to talk at length on my in your travels with Dap. So that's going to wow. be that's going to be a while. Good talking to you, Vince. No, hey now, always <laughs> a pleasure. It, yeah, time. but that one was on the Slack. I did. Well, I, 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 I did. What? Uh, well, I'm looking at, at, at your list right now, but when I don't see it on here. Right, whatever. But I don't see it on for you either. Yes, you do. Right underneath All New Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Hey, we didn't don't talk forget. about the movie. You're right. We need to do that. We need to talk about that thing. I've finally seen it. I seen it. An awesome book. Loved it. I don't. So Doctor Who book? What? No. Oh, you're talking about Star Trek Green Lantern. No. Boo, you said that right after All New All Greatest Galaxy. Oh, regression. Hey. Uh, I, you know, Jason, you said something last week um, that kind of stuck with me where you, you couldn't understand anybody that, that who is a comic book fan that didn't enjoy this movie. Like, you just don't front. It's it, it's pretty cut and dry that this is a fun, entertaining movie for comic fans and i i com- just completely agree yes there are some haters some haters i, I don't understand it at all i really don't i i think the first 10 minutes of the movie is marvel studios finest hour or or and, finest and 10 minutes thing. here's the thing i we we can enjoy these films for lots of reasons or not, we can nitpick them as well. And we're all guilty. Uh, joking aside, we've all been, uh, certainly I've been guilty of blowing up certain films. Um, 
most notably the uh, the Zack Snyder verse. But mm. um, but when I went to see this movie, and my eight year old is squealing with absolute <laughs> hilarious glee for the first ten minutes of the film, to the point where he can barely breathe. That you're, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, I like I, I'm good. And and then and then my wife, who doesn't read comics, is so enjoyed the first movie so much that she was so bummed that she wasn't going to be able to go to see it with us on that Friday because she had other plans that she went by herself for a Friday matinee to see Damn. it. Oh, that's money. That's, and then, that's money. And then said she couldn't wait for us to go see it so we could talk about it. And then said to me that Monday, when are we going to go see it again? Because I want to see it again in the theater. I'm good. Mm-hmm. They're doing something right. Yeah. They're doing something right. Yep. So I, listen, was it the most brilliant plot? Is it, you know, is it usual suspects? <laughs> no, no. It's, I mean, no. Uh, but, but was it unbelievably fun, unbelievably action packed, beautiful to look at? Uh, it was a comic book. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was a comic book. Yep. It's the kind of comic book I read as a kid that made me love comic books. Yeah. And before we dive into it, since since you mentioned the Snyderverse, there's a difference between not caring for something because you feel it isn't done well than just being a contrarian because everybody else loves something, so you got to hate on it. And that's that, that's where I think some people I, I I absolutely get. Listen, you know that that ain't for you. You don't dig it. You don't have to crap on it. But if if you see something and it, and you feel it isn't done well, then that's that that that's just a straight up honest opinion. You're not taking a shot at something. You're not crapping on something just because you want to make other fe- people feel foolish for liking it. And and that's people tend to lose sight of that. Right, right, right. I took my uh, son and Nina, and um, they loved it. And we're walking out, and ne- Nina goes, "I'm Mantis." I'm like, "What?" I said, "Why?" Because you, you, you are very empathetic. She is. N- Nina's. She's going into special education, so she's she she has a a need to connect with people and um she goes no because i think baby Groot is the cutest thing i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) (laughs) like jason said for the movie to connect with my daughter who has absolutely no interest in comic books or comic book movies you know scoffs at the avengers whenever we're watching the the movies at home and she just has zero interest and she just absolutely devoured guardians she loved it mm-hmm. she said i wish i had that arrow that would be the best superpower ever I'm like well you know not really but it's cool you know it's fun the, the fan service is is so delightful yeah when yondu gets the the new headdress it's just <laughs> yeah. i'm kitty pride y'all they brought Taser the Taser face. That was, I, that was, it, there were, I mean, it, it was. When little baby Groot's trying to get, 
get the, the new every, head, it's head a piece de- for him? That's a desk. That's a desk, man. That's just, that's not even, he's, he's I, overthinking it. I, I, I said, it was that, I mean, and nothing, when I'm laughing, it's not, I, 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 the jokes I didn't feel were drawn out. They didn't, they didn't go on too long. The whole thing with, with, with Groot looking for the fin, mm-hmm. that's, that, I'm not gonna say it was perfect, but it didn't, right. it wasn't dragged out for days. The whole thing with, every time Drax looks at Mantis and he calls her, you know, repulsive and, and you're not, you're just, you're hideous and, and he's, he's trying, he's dry heaving because he's, he's imagining them having sex. That's, that was, that wasn't, that, again, that wasn't just, that, that, that's Drax. It's not, it released its right. movie Drax. It wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't forced and, and I just, the whole thing, I mean, you know, seeing Rocket and, and, and Quill's relationship kind of grow because they're, they're get. I, we didn't we didn't get the sense that they were getting each other's asses from the first movie, but I mean now it's been it's been a while and they're they're they're, they're kind of you know they're in close quarters together and, and you know they're like a family, so maybe you're getting on each other's nerves. But you know, I mean, for, for them to to steal the batteries and that whole thing, it was just there was a whole lot of um, it was it was just visually just so I I couldn't look away and I know that I was talking to the minion about it and he was kind of hoping for it to be more like a direct sequel to the first one where Thanos gets involved or or, or they're, 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 they're carrying they're continuing that story instead of it being kind of like a day in the life and oh hey dad just happens to stop you know it, it's that was and that's not to say that those stories aren't out there, but that's obviously not what this movie was about. And it, it, it still fit into the whole universe. It, it, it made sense after the first movie. It was, it, it, we, we see, we saw the band get together and now we're seeing them work together. And, and granted, I mean, they weren't all side by side throughout the entire movie because of course the team splits up and then it, you have, People after everybody, and then you have other characters appear and 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 show up. And um, Charlie Twenty Seven was way different than he does in the comics, which is great. I think everything is is so. Um, I, I I just I really enjoyed it a lot. A lot. I, I do want to see it again in the theater. I didn't love everything about it. I thought the the. Uh um, the sovereigns were visually unappealing. Well, boring even. They were meant to look like her, though. Yeah, she's but supposed I mean, to be her. But but it, they were just. I mean, they're all okay. You're all gold. Great. I'm I'm sick to death of the 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 space swarm scenes. I know you hate the swarm. I hate it. It just bothers it, the hell out of me. Well, that's I, a you problem. Yeah, because I mean, even it's not like they didn't. I, I don't think Gun and Company was like, okay, we're going to have a swarm and let's tell the story around that. It, it kind of it it was a reason for it to happen. It wasn't, and and I mean, considering we've got we've got a goddamn sci-fi space movie every year. I know it, it's, I did, it's going just, to happen, right? Um, I thought the um, ego as the villain was kind of dumb. Oh, I, I loved it. The, the the thing you know it didn't bother me but i just thought it was you have this incredibly old entity would they say millions of years 
And, oh, even longer, but yeah, yeah. Right. So, and he has what he has wanted for a long time in his grasp. And he's stupid enough to tell the thing that he, the, 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 the linchpin of all his plans. Yeah, you know, I almost, I feel bad for putting that tumor in your, in your mother's brain. Like, how stupid are you? But well, you know, he thought he had a hook he, by that. He's, he's, he's what could right, that he's possibly? He's not self-aware. He's he's a god, so he's not really thinking about. Well, that's yeah. That's how I explained it away. Was that he can't relate? He he believes he can relate to human beings, but he really can't because he's he's not. And he when you when you look listen to the dialogue, he considers them in, inconsequential. So he just used her. You know, and moved on, and had a had a kid, and you know he disposed of her. But it's it doesn't make any sense. What possible good could ever come out of that comment? I mean, the 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 resolution was as anyone would expect. Like f you, you killed my. He he's, he knew what the woman meant to to Peter, mm-hmm. and he has to go and tell him. Like, was that arrogance? I don't know. I just thought it was a dumb move on his part to say that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Guardians escaped, uh, you're on the surface of a living entity, who and he's remotely erupting these things across the, the, the galaxy on all these planets. Why can't he crush you like a bug at home base? All he had to do was just wish it and they would have all been dead. Look what he did to the fleet. And they gave him problems. They escaped. Like it just doesn't it's, – it's silly. But it, that's the thing. I, 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 regardless of all that, I just thought the movie was great. I, I, I enjoyed it. You just don't think too hard about it. What? No, I mean, I, they're I, silly. Those those plot points are silly. I say it wasn't. It wasn't a perfectly executed. But but it just goes to show you that there are things you can get away with that you can you can selectively wish away. You can decide, okay, I'll I'm going to overlook this because you can maybe kind of fill in the gaps in some things. All right, so if he wasn't doing that, it's because he was preoccupied by making sure something else. And it it's the the Mantis wasn't keeping him in check. I mean, there are certain things you can kind of look for and and maybe repeat viewings will um yeah oh definitely something that you didn't see the first time but it's it's um no yeah i mean it's it, for him to just I, why yeah, I'm, i know i know exactly what you mean you know you're going to find those things where you can pick that thread and then end up unraveling the whole thing yeah but I mean, I'm gonna buy. The, I'm gonna buy the disc. I thought it was a fun movie, but that first ten minutes, it's it's absolutely perfect. The the music, the 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 action, the action is straight out of a comic book. That is the Gar- that's Guardians of the Galaxy right there. That's uh, that's any any superhero book right right in your face. The with Drax leaping into battle and the, the just fighting this gigantic. That was probably my favorite part of it. Is that whenever when when Drax lands behind Groot, Groot stops dancing because that's a throwback 
to the first to the, one. Yeah. To the teaser when he was dancing in the pot. So I mean I I yeah, no, there's I mean seeing him trying to fidget with, with, with the aux cord and, and plug it in then <laughs> that was it's just so I mean, silly. It was fantastic. And it, I mean, but that whole conversation where he's like, you know, I'm trying to get the tunes going. And he's like, well, that doesn't seem like a priority. He's like, no, I'm, I'm a Draxer. You don't need to. And he's winking. And then he does the wink with the sovereign. It's like, geez, dude, Rocket was just fantastic. It was, it really was a, and every, I mean, everybody was. Gamora just, just, they've all kind of, I mean, even Yondu, who uh, he, he played a, Pretty decent role in the first movie, but to see to see the character growth there, and to see his and and, and Peter's relationship, um, and and what that meant to each of them, it was I you know, it, yeah, like I said, it may not have been a direct continuation of the story since Drax you know wants to go kill Thanos, but it still it was it was a continuation as far as you know characters and and how they treat each other. I thought the Starhawk thing was cool. I wished he looked different, though. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Sure, that that that's one reason why I want to see it again is so that I can pay more attention to the other Guardians. Or ravagers, or whatever you want to call them, I, I want to because I, I I vividly remember what Martin X looks like, and you know I I so there are some of the characters I do remember what they see. Others, it, whether it happened too quickly or I, I ended up getting focused on something else. Um, but yeah, I don't I I need to see them for a little longer than I did. Definitely. Guardians is definitely the best Marvel cinematic franchise. And I'm torn. I don't know if I, I like this more than the first Guardians. But Guardians is, is the top of the heap for the Marvel movies. You, you put these movies next to any of the Iron Man movies. And it's like, wow, training wheels. You could tell they were just getting, uh-huh. they were just getting started. Uh, yeah, but there's a – and this was shoved in my face yesterday at work. I work with this this kid who just loves the Marvel movies and he's like, I want to read this stuff. Where What books do I read? And I was like, well, that's a really good question. Iron Man's his favorite character. And he's like, I, I, yeah. want, I want to read some Iron Man stuff. What should I read? And I immediately said Demon in a Bottle. But okay. unlike DC – who you have these evergreen books that stand for, I mean, are these beautiful encapsulations of most of what you need to know about the characters. Like you got the Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns, okay, and and Superman. Like there's there, there are books for most of the DC higher-ups that you can read. You can shove in front of somebody's face and they'll get it. Whereas with Marvel, it's a little bit harder to do that. It's a lot harder, actually. And yeah. so I told him, Demon in a Bottle, and I said, once you once you read that, get Armor Wars 1 and Armor Wars 2, and that's pretty much all you need to know about Iron Man. And I said, after you read those, you can just read anything you want. But Demon in a Bottle is n- the number one for Iron Man, I think. Wouldn't you say? Uh, 
Well, what what is? I mean, because it, it it kind of, there's there's things that lead up to it. It's not like I mean. Well, again, that just goes to show that there's there's nothing leading up to Batman Year One. You know what I mean? That you can. Well, and yeah. anyone can read that, and it's like, okay, I understand Batman now. The Marvel had doesn't have that. Even the Year One stuff that they put out. Oh, the season one. Yeah, nobody. They're not. That's not going to make a fan on anybody. Yeah, season one. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see more of. Um, that, that, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, as far as Starhawks look, I I'll, I'll wait to see more of him and the characters in in, in upcoming movies. I don't. I mean, but at least I mean the 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 lighted. Um, the track lighting he had around his shoulders, I mean, that, that was pretty special. Right, that was... Uh, the, the, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to say, as far as Iron Man, um, Demon in the Bottle is, is, like, I don't want to say it's definitive, but it, 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 it's, it's a bit of a bummer if that's the, Best you can come up with as far as Iron Man character has been around for so long. I mean, I, I'm partial to the, to the, um, the Mark Bright stuff where it was, is against, um, Stain trying to get the company back. But again, I mean, that, that's still something that there's a few issues, quite a few issues leading up to all of that. So there's no, um, I mean, I don't know that, that, that Kennedy drawn miniseries from a few years ago. They're really, yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't, Land of the Mandarin? Yeah, that was it. Well, the extremists I dug a lot. Warren Ellis. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Who? Audie Granoff was the artist. That was it, yeah. Yeah, I would probably, I'd probably go with that. Because it also kind of ties in a little bit to the third movie. Or at least the extremist connection. But, um. I mean, much in the same way I love Grunewald's cap, uh, the Armor War stuff was dope to me. But that's nostalgic. I don't know if I reread it. If I would think it was as strong as it. Would. And there's the um, with with Doctor Doom and and Camelot. I mean that that that's on oh, like two issues. Man. Yeah, that's Bob Layton, baby, yeah. John Romita Jr. Um, there's that uh, the Iron Monger stuff, which is right after Demon in the Bottle. It's Denny it's, a, it's a tough call. Yeah, you would think. I mean, that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for teenage Tony Stark. No, no. What about that mm. burn Paul Ryan run post uh, Heroes Return? Any of the Paul Ryan of any of any sort, I can't get with. Really? Oh, that hurts. well, just because of Paul Ryan, the, the other Paul Ryan. Oh, <laughs> oh, this poor bastard. He's not even with us anymore. He's he's got to <laughs> suffer from name association. Um. I am a Doom Quest. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was something kind of damn. Huh. I was trying to hook the kid, you know. What about when 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 Gabriel Gecko drew War Machine? <laughs> Give us some Force Works. Oh God! <laughs> no, I, I I wish Marvel put. To, I don't. Need, I mean, I don't keep an eye on their things these days so maybe they have done this but it would be nice for them to put re rechristen the essential line and just call it essential iron man 
as a you know collect you don't they don't even have to be continuous stories just collect like maybe 10 or 12 issues of the best iron man stories that that pretty much encapsulate the character and just get get that out there they could do that for all of their characters True. Why not? But I told him flat out. I said, you, "You're a rarity because the the movies are not a gateway to the comics. the The sales don't don't reflect that. No, they don't. But and it's but it, I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds. I mean, on one hand, yes, it would be great if, and to some degree, Marvel has that. They they, they have the the Disney XD versions of of, of the comics, but. You know, if, if you read, if you watch Captain America, those three movies, if you watch the Avengers movies, and then you go to read those comics, you're going to read, so you're going to watch The Winter Soldier, and then you're going to go and, and read Captain America, and it's like, oh, cool, he's a Nazi, that wasn't anything like the movie, but it's, it's a, um, so you're not, it, but, okay, the thing is, with these stories, it I, it's kind of okay to not have a to have a different type to, to just tell different stories in a different medium with the same characters. I I, I think that yeah, on one hand, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer I'm not getting my movie version in this comic book that I'm trying to get into, but it's okay because I have the movie. I can watch that and see the character that way, and then I can read these comic stories and and just have a different take on them. And that's um, so I'm kind of over the whole. Well, it, it that that's not how it is in the comic because that's not how it is in the movie. They're going to have to. It's, it's like 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 the Spidey story, bringing in the Vulture because you know he's going to be in the movie, but you know it's not the same Vulture, obviously, and it's not. It's definitely not the same Spider Man because Spider Man in the movie is fucking kid in high school, and here's Spider-Man in the comic, who's a dude who owns companies all around the world. So we already have, there's the discrepancies right there. So I think hopefully we have people mature enough to realize that different mediums mean they can tell different stories with characters with same names. Right. But I think it's easier for the people that are weaned on the movies because... Oh, there's definitely a hook. Yeah. They, they don't. They neither, most of them neither know nor care that it's different in the comics because they don't make that leap. But you get the anomalies like, like this kid who is going to be confused. Should he... But he's got you. Right. So you'll be yeah. able to... And, and speaking on that, I thought the post-credits scene, the one that you alluded to very heavily last week, <laughs> was... Uh, I, I, I thought it was complete bullshit. It, wow. it didn't. It didn't incite me or inspire me for anything to come because that's well. It remains to be seen, but I, I don't like the fact that they're going to stray from that because if it's if it's just a being created by this this tech, technically technology this advanced race, uh, I hope. And this is the, the the danger with all the the movies. I hope they're not going to cut out the the crucial part of the the character, and that's the Magus series. There, there's, they're probably not going to do that, you know. And I don't see how they could if it's just this thing that was created. Like there's there's a progression with Adam Warlock that we went over last week, right? And to, sure, to but say you that wouldn't he wouldn't expect that 
him to be the Magus in the, I mean, the first movie. I mean, no, but and then he's not he's not going to show up in the the showdown with with uh, Thanos. He's going to show up in Guardians Three. So it's we've got a lot of movies to go. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't. I'm not too. I, I obviously Marvel has has their their plan and, and their path, and they're not. You know, if it's very easy to replace somebody who doesn't share their vision, as we saw with the Ant Man movie. But what, what, what I, was that about? Um, Edgar Wright. They first tapped to direct Ant Man. Oh, but okay. he wanted he wanted to do something different, and it strayed from what Marvel had planned. So they parted ways. Um, and that's fine because you don't, I mean, I think the same thing happened with Black Panther because they wanted the woman who, um, what did she direct? Did she direct Selma? Um, but, uh, so it's Marvel has a plan there, there, but as far as speculation or interviews or what someone says about what's going to happen, you know, four movies from now, I'm not, I, I I'm not putting a whole lot of stock. I, I, I'm putting much faith in, in what anybody is is saying. Right? I'm not saying that they're. I, I don't think they're deliberately lying if they're going to say, "Well, this person isn't going to show up." But we have a lot of time before that actually happens, and I'm not. I I, I also think it's silly to say something is or isn't going to happen in a movie that hasn't even been filmed yet, because it. It, it is silly, but that's what is brought out when they start dealing in characters that I love. You know what I mean? Like, I love yes. Adam Warlock. I, I think it's also silly that they're relegating Howard the Duck to little cameos in the background. But that's just me because I love Howard the Duck. You know what I mean? Like, other people say, oh, it's that duck from the first movie. Look at that. Isn't that cool? And it is to them. But to me, I don't want to see Howard in the background. I want to see him in the foreground. Well, yeah, but how much? And how we, we, we all know how that how well that went over the first well, time. Well, that's the um, Ava DuVernay. That's who directed Selma. She was originally, or I believe, Marvel was trying to get her to direct the Black Panther movie, and that's just another another director they couldn't. Everybody couldn't see eye to eye with. So, um, as far as Howard, I obviously. Howard Duck is very near and dear to you. So, yeah. um and and I'll admit, very near and dear to few. Big picture, right? Right. I think I, I think for for a lot of us, we kind of take Howard in, in small doses. So I don't think we need more than you know, three picture I, deal minimum. More like a three scene deal. It, <laughs> it's a it's. I like that he was. In the second movie, and it, it was based on his attitude at the end of the first movie. It was kind of fitting for him to be on this planet hanging out with these people. Um, yeah, I was kind of bummed that we didn't. We, we only saw Cosmo during the the role right. on, on credits. But I got uh, a question. There was a yeah. scene I, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. There, I, I forget what was happening, but it was a transition scene from one. Mm -hmm. I think it was when they were bouncing around through the wormholes. Oh, that was awesome. And they came out, and there was a character fighting another character, and it happened so fast, I didn't even know who they were. It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, too. Oh. It, it, it kind of looked like Apocalypse a little bit, but it, it, obviously it wasn't. That whole scene cracked me up. 
for them to go. Oh, that was great. Through so many poor. Oh, goddamn. That was funny. Seven hundred. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Warping. No, no, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, good times. All right, everybody. Hey, this episode, as usual, has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, bringing you your comics for a fraction of the cover price. Write them down from Boom, Clive Barker, Hellraiser, Omnibus, Trade Paperback, Volume 1, Mature Readers. One of two. 1999. From Image, it's low. Deluxe Hardcover Volume 1, 24.99. And from Titan Comics, Mandrake the Magician, the Fred Fredericks Dailies Hardcover Volume 1 for $27.49. Uh, in your travels, I want you to check out a book from Image that is written by Cullen Bunn, who's no strange, no stranger to horror. Uh, art by Danny Luckert, whose name I have not encountered before, and color art by Marie Enger. And it's called Regression, number one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of those instances where the potential is far greater than the actual product. Is that fair to say that? Um. Yeah, great, great theory. A little loses something in execution. Maybe. Um. It. it, it all right. It's a story of a. Uh, uh, I'll call him a kid because he seems to be around college age. Maybe. Maybe a little older. Uh, named Adrian, and Adrian is plagued with hallucinations. He's at a, a barbecue party type thing and talking to a dude and he's he sees bugs maggots and flies and all kind of creepy crawlies just streaming from the guy's eyes and his mouth and he freaks out another guy uh pops open a cold one and as he tilts it back just maggots pour out into his mouth and they're going down his face so he freaks out goes into the bathroom and vomits into the toilet and when he does the toilet's all filled with disgusting bugs and it's it's just repulsive and i loved it but um his his friend molly intervenes and she's like i thought you know this stuff was under control no um long story short she uh recommends a hypnotist to adrian by a guy by the name of sid farrell who has like a lounge act he's a comedian slash hypnotist who who does one thing for the masses but behind the scenes does uh regression therapy where he'll bring you uh put you under hypnosis and he'll drag you back through past lives and it turns out that possibly sort of one of adrian's past lives was not a nice person Mm -hmm. uh he uh he dabbled in the arcane arts and had a way with a blade and has a fetish for bugs. He's got them hanging out of his teeth, and he's it's just unpleasant. Uh, and um, the reason why I said that the the promise is outweighs the actual product in this is because I think the story is great, and and I can I can totally immerse myself in this this narrative going on. The art was a little too referenced for me. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it'll, the the line is a little too too uncompromising, and people are just a little too real, meaning that there was some kind of some kind of reference material used on this. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say the art was bad. It's just that it's not the kind of images that speaks to me. It wasn't gritty enough for a story like this. Maybe the last page. Um, hmm. it, it wasn't. Um, there wasn't a lot of expression in the line. It was very by the numbers. It's a little bit in the in the vein of Tony Harris, where you could tell that everything is is manipulated, like reference material for, you know, we got, I need a toaster. Give me a picture of a toaster. I got to draw this thing. Um, it was just too, there's, there wasn't the, the requisite amount of life in the line that I like to see. Let's just put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, but I thought the story was great. I, th- I think it's a, it, this, this could be some kind of um, Showtime or FX series. I, I would watch the hell out of this. I'm going to read the hell out of it. Because I'm going to stick with it, uh, David. What did you, What do you think? Uh, I think um, you you hit on it by saying uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of life in the line work. It 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 wasn't it wasn't completely static and still, but it was. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not cold. It's just not lively. Yeah, um, like Molly. Likes to make, um, scrunch your face up and make, you know, um, she likes to mug for the viewer. And I just got the feeling that, you know, he had someone like, scrunch your face up, you know, let me take a picture of you and I'll just draw that. It, it's, it's very real. It's, it's very, um, yeah. Bwahaha Legion w- without the, the experience of, um, what the hell? I'm blanking. Uh, the, the McGuire's expression. Yeah, Kevin McGuire. Right. It's it's it, it's in that vein with the facial features. They're very the the emotions are there, but it just looks too referenced to me. Yeah, I mean the the, mm-hmm. the physics are real. I mean, you, you, when when people are throwing the cans at at, at the party, um, you know, there nothing seems the proportions, anatomy, everything is fine. Uh, but some of the characters, it, it's almost like the color forms. You can just really manipulate them and put them somewhere else yeah. in, in the house. And, um, I mean, it's, 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 the draftsmanship is nice. The, the, the houses with the saddle would, would all have the dish TV, the, the strip mall where the comedy club is. Everything, everything looks good, but it's just, it's, it's a bit too technical. And, um, but it, it's still, I mean, it's not a bad looking book. When I say that, I, I, I think, you know, look, it's art style is, it, it's easy to see everything. There's no, it, it, it's not dirty. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not gritty or messy or you can see everything that you're supposed to see. So, so it tells the story in that regard. It's just a little bit too clean, like Vince said, for a story like this, but, um, when you got I mean, bugs falling out of somebody's plenty mouth. Plenty of yeah. bugs and shit, and and I mean, I could probably do a little less bugs, but no. the last page, I, well, I I can, I know you can't. The uh, um, I like the concept. I, I dig the idea. It, it's it's um, there's there's a bit of uh, you know, as far as that regression therapy goes, um, things don't 
as I'm reading it, I'm like, wow, you know, I wonder what would happen because I don't, I'm, I can appreciate, I, I, I don't think I'm in a rush to get hypnotized. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm, I'm gullible or can have, you know, my mind altered in such a way, but I, I don't, I don't want to really risk it. I don't, um, I don't need somebody else to, to be in control. So I, I don't think I'd, I'd be in a rush to have somebody hypnotize me. But I, as I'm reading it, I'm wondering, I'm like, well, what if, what if someone told a story where a past life was unlocked? Something happened to the therapist and now you're stuck that way. And then I just keep reading and I'm like, oh, well, I'll just let fucking Cullen tell his goddamn story then because it's, there's a, uh, as you get towards the end of the issue, there's, I'm, now I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm hooked now. I mean, I don't, I may not be too thrilled with, with who this, this villain is, who, who this vile character is that we're seeing from the past, but, um, how this affects Adrian's life and, and the people around him. Now I kind of want to see where this is going. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in it. Definitely. This is, and I would say that this is a, um, uh, this really for me does not feel like an image book. And I don't mean that. And that's not a slight. It's not, it just, I mean, based on everything that we've been reading from image lately over the past year or so, this, um, this, for whatever reason, and, and knowing the way Cullen, Cullen writes it, it which is fine because it's, it's image, but it, it completely took me by surprise that it's, it's got the, the eye on the cover when it doesn't feel if, if image books have a, have a feel, it doesn't feel like this is something from image, but it's, it, it really is good. I'm, I'm, I'm with Vince. Try it. I would love to be hypnotized. It's something I've wanted for a long time, especially regression. Uh, really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not me, Gungadin. I would, I would totally just offer myself up to somebody that's real good. Find out what's going on in there. Oh, yeah, like with the scary. no, with the, I, I, with the uh, caveat going in that I would like to, if they're, if they notice any kind of blocks or stop gaps or something that I've created to 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 wall off sections, it's like rip them down, tear them down, help me get rid of them, because I don't dream. You know what I mean when I say that. Yeah, that's, and I yeah. would love to be able to just get all that clutter out of there, and if if they can, and just like throw it away and just. Why don't you do it then? I one of these days I will. You should. I don't know why I don't, but there has to be a reason why I don't remember my dreams. Mm. Knock that wall down, bitches. Yep. Well, in your travels, wait, Dad, did you? We're good. Um. No, you know what? I was. I forgot. I was going. Were, I mean, you were doing the. the your guys were tag team and so. Yeah, we, we tag were. Team. So you know what? Yeah, go. You go. Nah, you go, dog. If you don't, oh, we'll do it. No, you. Go. No, you I mean, I, I, I do, but I mean, no, it's not. I mean, I don't. It's, it's. It, we're, no, you're we're into the next. No, you're we're, No, you're shrewd. We're we're into the next day now, so I don't know if people got to go. Um, in your travels, uh, I finished the 
Star Trek Green Lantern Stranger Worlds and I liked it more than the first one. Uh, because the second book, when, when we, the second volume, when, when, when I, when the first issue wrapped up, uh, the Lanterns and Sinestro and the Enterprise were, uh, the crew of the Enterprise find a Manhunter. And, um, if there's a Manhunter, or if Manhunters exist in this universe, then chances are the Guardians exist in this universe. And that means, most likely, there's a central battery on Oa, and the Lanterns can recharge their rings. Uh, but Oa's in the center of the universe, and that's farther than the Enterprise, than any ship in the Federation can get to. Um, but they do have the Manhunter, and, and uh, they're able to... Um, make their way to Oa. But while that's happening, um, the, uh, the army of augments that were imprisoned at the end of, uh, into darkness are awakened and Khan ends up being the ring bearer, uh, the owner of a red ring. And now you have Khan, who's a red lantern. Sinestro's still there. Um, Larflees is in it, but he gave up his ring to Sinestro, so Sinestro could use as many rings as possible to get to Oa. And um and big battle ensues. Uh the Guardians in this universe haven't gone beyond the Manhunters yet, but they have uh they have formulated a plan to go beyond the Manhunters. So there has there was a ring made. Uh, I'm not going to say who ends up with that ring in this story, but when um, by the time the series wraps up, uh, because of Oa and the central battery and the lanterns being here, that just leads them to believe that the other colors are also somewhere out there in this universe. And uh, while they're kind of looking to see what else is out there, Hal mentions to Kirk that there's, um, he's noticed some uncharted, some unexplored territory, uh, on the map that they would like, he would like the Enterprise to go with him to check out because it's, uh, it's, it should be pretty neat. It's, it's got a red sun and then they fly off into the, uh, Second star on the right and straight on till morning. So that's, that was a, um, like I said, I thought it was a really, I, I thought the second volume was, uh, was better than the, um, than the first. And, and before I forget, the, uh, the creators were, um, pretty much the same ones from the, uh, from the first. It was, um, Mike Johnson's your writer, Angel Hernandez, uh, on art and, Looks pretty good, but I, 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 I dug the story and, uh, it's obvious based on the way the lanterns act and this crew acts. It's not, um, it's kind of its own separate offshoot from everything else IDW is doing Star Trek wise. So that's, that's pretty neat that it's not beholden to whatever they consider canon based on the, uh, on your view. So there's, that's my new travels for this week. I know boom, what I, lock, lock, boom. I know what I wanted to ask you, uh, pertaining to Star Trek. Did you order any of the Eagle Moss books? 
in this uh in this previews not yeah I, I i didn't um no because i haven't gotten to that section okay well there, <laughs> there's a, a collection of six hardcover order for doing six days yeah well he's he's on time a, a collection of six hardcover books looks like they they're taking some idw stuff it may be something from you know I I, I don't know where they're, they're, they're going way back. They're going to the British newspaper. That's strips the one I, I yeah I ordered number ten. It's a Star Trek graphic novel collection number ten. It's a hardcover, hundred and seventy some pages I think. But I'm guessing that this is the gold key stuff, and it was only thirteen bucks. Bargain. Yeah, All right. I got All right, it's the one I bought. Yeah. Nice. All right. In your travels, going to keep it simple. I'm all about that X-Men gold. All about it. Issue number four came out today. Uh, It's written by Mark Guggenheim, and this is the first issue post-Ardian anti-Semite Syaf. (laughs) Was banished from the industry. Uh, the art chores are taken over by uh, R.B. Silva on pencils with oh. Adriano de Benedetto on inks. And I like it more. I like it better than Saif's art. So so there. Um, in the uh, first three issues, the team led by Kitty battled a new version of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and dispatched them. Uh, part of the of what was going on there was mind control so Magma was a part of the Brotherhood, but she was under control, so now she's hanging with them coming too. They also captured a giant new, they thought mutant, a giant green monster scaly guy, but turns out he's not a mutant after all. In fact, he's not of this earth. Uh, and we are introduced in this number four issue to the return of Mr. Remy Lebeau. Gambit's back. Oh boy. Oh boy, you know it, Vince. <laughs> oh, you're not a fan. But I am a fan. Of Gambit? But, really? Yeah, I like Gambit. He is. But the the dopest part of this issue, and why you all need to run out and get it, is they go from fighting those pushover Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in the first three issues, and they step up their competition. By fighting the Serpent Society in this issue. <laughs> Serpent Society and Gambit. Wow. It's Jason's 11 o'clock book of the year. Time yeah, boy. Serpent Society, baby, baby. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm very much enjoying what Guggenheim is, uh, is, is laying down on the scripts here. Love the characterizations and thumbs up on the art swap. So, pick this one up, man. You know, it's good for you. Cool. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. If you enjoyed any of this stuff, one moment in time, leave us an iTunes review or a review wherever you, you downloaded this thing. Or Stitcher. Yeah. Or all them places. Yep. Or even make a comment on the episode in in the episode comment section on 11oClockComics.com. Yeah. Come to our Facebook page if you want to do that. There have been some pretty slamming interviews from Jason. Oh, cool. Comics.com. So you might want to check those out. Yeah, this week we had uh, Kelly Williams yes. in for a little chat. 
We had Ibrahim Mustafa in for a chat this past weekend. That was awesome. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's rocking and rolling there. And we have a big announcement coming next week. Big time. So you best tune in. Why wouldn't you? Well, that's true. You, you always do. Because you know that if you don't tune in, you don't join us, one of us is going to get a little weepy, and we just cannot have that. In the meantime, say goodnight. In the meantime. David. Ooh, that hard stop. Good night. <laughs> David. Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Early, early in week. <laughs> and week. Nice. <laughs> Trouble in paradise. Yeah, right? I'm so <laughs> tired. Right it's like Rod Stewart. Get your stomach pumped. You All had right. him on auto tune. He was confused. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. We need you. Say goodnight. Dead. You don't just say goodnight. Call me. No. No. You don't get to do that? say call me now because I said it was weak. Oh, boy. All right. Call Dave. Call Dave, oh, everybody. No. Tell him I'm sorry. Call him up. What hurt? I'm sad. Single tear. Sicilian Indian. Oh! Very oh. nice. We, that was great. That was oh, yeah. awesome. Why is it the single tear always brings up images of the Sicilian Indian? Got it. It's got it. Who else does it? Heroes got it. Yo, Tupac once asked, is there a heaven for a G? Well, now there is word, cause he's up there to see. Moving around, he's chilling with Prince and James Brown. If our people are up in heaven, they love is raining down. The only force to save us from the city was hip-hop. The only force that made us grimy and gritty was hip-hop. We all respect the world's religions and the laws they laid. But I know Scott LaRock's gonna come to my aid. See, these saints are great, but they're not where my heart be. When I call on the angels, I'm calling on Marcus Garvey. I'd rather call on Bob Marley. Oh yes sir, Kwame Torre, that's my real ancestor Why call upon the spirits of oppressors When you can call your own angels when you under pressure See when it comes to hip hop, here's the lesson Start praising your own people, hip hop speaks from heaven Hip hop speaks from heaven Tell me who you reppin' yo, this another lesson yo Hip hop speaks from heaven Tell me who you reppin' yo, this another lesson yo I'm seeing Easy e When I think of Brooklyn, New York, I'm seeing B.I.G. When I'm thinking about the Bronx, I'm seeing Scott LaRock. We gon' praise their name forever, and we gon' never stop. It's forever Tupac, it's forever Heavy D, it's forever Big Pun, it's forever ODB. They was live, now deceased, from the west to the east. It's forever Five Dog, Big L, rest in peace. What happens next? We shout in our Professor X, shout out the Freaky Time, shout out the Proof, Big Respect. We can't forget, so we bubble with joy When we reminisce over you, Trouble T-Roy Shout out to Keith Cowboy, Miss Melody all day Shout out to Jay Diller and Jam Master J It's love, I'm sending to you Shout out to Kuru and Mr. Magic from the Juice Crew 
Hip hop speaks from heaven. Tell me who you rapping, yo. This another lesson, yo. Hip hop speaks from heaven. Tell me who you rapping, yo. This another lesson, yo. Yo, hip hop speaks from heaven. Tell me who you rapping, yo. This another lesson, yo. Hey. Hip hop speaks from heaven. Tell me who.